Welcome to the Next Dimension Podcast, your portal to an extended reality. Every week we talk about the hottest topics in XR and let you join the discussion live on MRTV. And now, get ready for another exciting episode coming up. Hi, welcome to episode 13 of the Next Dimension podcast, your new podcast that's all about virtual reality and also augmented reality in the future. Today, a very special episode with a very special guest, with Arthur Sitchov, the founder of Somnium Space, the virtual world. Hi, Arthur, how are you doing today? Doing amazing. Thank you for having me. It's uh, going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a good feeling about this. And also here with us, Gary. Gary Walkton, the author of Memory Engine and a regular here on the Next Dimension podcast. Gary, how are you doing? I'm good. Yep. Thanks. Good to be back. Oh, yes. Great. After last week, right? So, yeah. It's exactly. Great. Yeah, it's, great to, it's great to have you. <laughs> Perfect. And also with me, Sebastian Ang, the founder of MRTV and the host of this show. And I'm also doing really good. I'm really looking forward to today's show. So, for all of you who don't know the show yet, this is a podcast that is live streamed every Saturday at 9 p.m. Berlin time, 8 p.m. London noon in San Francisco and 3 p.m. in New York City. And we're also on all the podcast providers as an audio podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Alexa, all this, all the good stuff, right? So, and if you love this podcast, you can do us one favor, and this favor would be to open your podcast app on your iPhone or iPad right now in the beginning of the show, and please do... Look for the Next Dimension podcast and do leave us a good review if you like this show. Today, we're going to talk about lots of exciting topics. We're going to talk about the HTC hardware that was announced. Unfortunately, it's not a standalone headset. That's what we had been hoping for. But we got some trackers and some facial tracking device instead. And well, that is very interesting especially for social VR, right? Like for social VR worlds like Somnium Space, VR Chat, and all these different kind of worlds. And I'm, I'm so glad that we have Otto here, who is really the specialist in this. So we're going to find out in which direction all these social worlds will go. Also, we're going to talk about the, the VR headset, the Apple VR headset. There's some new um, rumors or some new actually... Some, some reports from analysts that are very trusted that say that the device is going to cost $1,000 and not $3,000. So lots of interesting things. And then we're also going to talk in depth about Somnium Space. What is it? What is the difference as compared to other VR worlds? What is the blockchain? <laughs> and, and how does it all go together? Yeah, Arthur, you have lots of things to talk I'm about ready. today. It's, it's, it's really it it's a super exciting topic and probably actually something new for lots of the VR fans, right? Because, well, your platform, it does VR, of course, but it's also connected to blockchain and crypto, right? And for lots of people, that is still very new. And hopefully today they will get to understand it a bit better. Very, very much looking forward to that. Yeah. 
Right. Before we get to all the topics, I would like to uh, normally simply know how the weeks were, the last weeks. And I think it's a, it's a great chance to get to know Arthur a little bit more. So, Arthur, how do your weeks normally look like now that you are the founder and CEO of VR World? <laughs> what, what is your normal, what is your day-to-day -day work? What, what, are you, what are you doing? Right. Um, so... Basically, the work time is every day from maybe like 9.30 till 2 to 2.30 a.m. in the morning. Um, and it's starting the morning with, uh, with a call with the dev team, um, checking out, you know, what is, you know, what are we, what are we doing, which kind of tasks uh, have been done, uh, what is the status for every different module and task we're actually developing right now. Um, checking the discord and answering some questions to the community we have great community managers but still you know checking what's happening what happened uh, during the sleep you know um, who is who is uh, doing what also checking somni web um, making sure that everything works um, chatting again with with developers and business calls as well so uh, you know in between the the cross reality zoom calls which i do from somnium to uh, talking with developers um, and uh, checking all the social media, also you know doing some social media stuff. So all those kind of things in, in one continuous uh, motion, let's call it. Of course, uh, we have daily daily meetup in Somnium, uh, and I'm I have uh, you know I have been there. We do it already for a year, and I've missed only those days when I was ill. Other than that, I'm there every day. Wow. Uh, with the community and I love it like it's not that I have to do it I love it so uh, we are hanging out with community planning events uh, doing some stuff streaming so yeah lots of lots of cool things I mean I'm uh, I'm blessed that I can do you know that I can call somebody my work because I just love doing it um, and that's that's yeah, how it is Cool. So, so you're not getting bored, <laughs> obviously. Not really. As a, as a founder in a not VR really. startup, it's like just working and working. As the founder, you're a cleaner, uh, a CEO, and uh, you know, a, uh, a secretary and everything <laughs> at one person. So, you're right. yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, how many people are working with you on Somnium? So right now it's uh, around about 10 to 12 people, depending sometimes, okay. we, you know, we also work with contractors as well. Um, and we have the decentralized team all over, all over the world. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's right now it's actually 12 people and we're, we're hiring VR devs. So if you are a cool VR developer or by any chance blockchain developer, you should definitely contact uh, us on Discord or Twitter. Okay, cool. It means like you're growing right now. I mean, even, VR even like... Point yeah, we're yeah. going to grow this year. A lot. Wow, that's that's great. I mean, even even ten or twelve people is already quite a, quite a big number for a VR startup, right? It's it's quite something there that you have to deal with <laughs> every day. Yeah, right? I mean, it's you know, it's 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 a designer, it's you know, it's developer, VR developers, blockchain developers, and uh, that you know, it's already a team for sure. Right, that's cool. So, other than working on your Somnium worlds. Do you still have time to enjoy some other VR um, game, or are you, are you checking out the other worlds? Are you definitely, in VR chat? Are you do, in Outspace? Yeah. yeah, I do. I do visit Outspace. I'll do visit VR chat mainly. Um, I uh, I do play some games like Population One, for example, um, just a bit. Um, sometimes you know table tennis and Oculus Quest. But to be honest. Um, 
if I do go to some other social VR worlds, I do it for research and development purposes mainly, um, okay. just to have a look, you know, what changed with the, with the new updates and stuff. Um, and rarely I do play um, other VR games. I always try something if there is, you know, if there is um, a good a lot of good reviews about some game, I try it. Um, right. Just for you know to see the mechanics, to see the visuals, uh, to always stay up to date. But other than that, uh, not so much time to play actually uh, a lot of games. So yeah, that's maybe a little bit of downside. <laughs> yeah, right. But well, you play one game all the time, which is your own. And there's also games within Sonium Space now, right? People Correct. can make their own games, and people can play games that you offer. These kind of things, right? They cannot do their own games yet, which is okay. coming very soon. But they are they can play games which we have, like a shooter, for example. So basically, we have a population one inside somebody we can fly and shoot and and do you know hide in your own parcels and things like this it's like a huge world and open for uh, for for shooting out there okay. so that's well, what we do i'm looking forward to talk about somnium space later in today's show since we have you we're going to definitely try to understand it way better and uh, yeah thanks so much first of all for this and gary how how are you how have you been doing yeah good yeah good this week um yeah it's not been in a big gap since last week has it since i was last on the show <laughs> yeah so, exactly uh, <laughs> cool yeah not too much uh it's changed really this week i've really been playing not too much vr but when i've gone in there it's been elite dangerous i've been getting back into elite dangerous again so um i've been doing a little tour of soul our solar system and okay. uh just going from planet to planet in that really so i've had you know it's i just like elite dangerous i like just relaxing in there honestly not even doing a lot not even doing missions or anything like that i just like it's a good it's a great little escape it's a great little uh relaxing escape honestly um but other than that not too much this week it's just been a general normal week work and now here i am back again perfect man so great to have you here and uh, today, actually, you are mirrored in the right way. Last last show, we mirrored you. Yeah, but now this is actually the way that how you look like. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't understand. I can't make head nor tail of how this Logitech stuff works. Yeah, this right. Logitech capture, then Skype flips it, then Logitech flips it back. I don't yeah, know. But anyway, hopefully this is... This is how you actually we, look like. <laughs> yeah, there, there, were, there were people in comments that mentioned actually last week that things didn't look right. And uh, yeah, I think I, when I'm flipped, I just look a bit odd, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. But now you are flipped in the right way. Yeah, cool. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. For me, I must say, last week, what did I actually do? Well, I did lots of live streams because I want to keep tap on what's going on with HTC, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was getting excited about these HTC teasers because lots of people thought that what they were teasing is indeed like a new standalone headset and Actually, there is going to be a standalone headset from HTC. That's what the the president, um, Elvin Van Graalen, he actually said it in an interview, right? But then we all thought what they would be teasing would actually be that headset. But then it turned out it's uh, something else. It's a tracker and it's the, the facial tracking interface. So I was kind of busy keeping tabs on this and making live streams about that. And in the end, well, it turned out it is not a standalone headset. Yeah, that's what I was busy with, basically. And then uh, some other things. I'm working on on some more things behind the scenes, a nice website for MRTV. So, yeah, all of this goodness will be coming up really, really soon. Yeah, and now I'm looking forward for today's show. And let's talk. Let's talk about some interesting things that were going on. Let's first talk about some 
um, news, some smaller news, and then we'll get to the bigger news, and then we'll go into social VR worlds. <laughs> all the differences to Somnium Space, all the stuff that's there. It's a super exciting topic, and it's so cool to have you here today, Arthur. So, let's, um, let's start with the smaller topics. And one of the smaller topics is the following. So, let me just uh, make my screen a bit bigger here. Wait one moment. So I think now people should be able to see my screen. Let me check it. Yes. Oculus. Oculus is a big company. <laughs> anyone, anyone, yeah, great news, right? Okay, that's the news. <laughs> wow. No, yeah, wow. That is that is great. And even a bigger company is Facebook. And Facebook, according to um, to a report from the information, is supposedly employing ten thousand people who are working on AR and VR only. Wow. That is huge. What do, you, what, what, do you, what do you have to say about this number? 10,000 people who are only working on AR and VR, that is 20% of the whole Facebook workforce. So one-fifth of them are dedicated to work on VR and AR. That's pretty crazy, right? And shows their commitment. I, I think I, I just hardly believe that that's like, okay, I think it's true, uh, but, I, but I think it's not what we all think it is. Um, so... You could definitely put uh, all the, you know, all the people who are working on AR um, uh, filters for for their Facebook app right. as Agreed. the AR VR, and that would Agreed. be like 500 people right there. So I think um, definitely uh, some way or another they're touching this topic of AR and VR. But I think the core teams who are working on on actual VR headset, actual VR experiences, you know, actual social VR experiences and other things which we imagine, like research and development, I'd say it's much smaller, um, which is fine. Um, and uh, but it, but I, I would say it's much smaller. I would say maybe it's like one tenth of what is reported and the rest mm -hmm. is touching upon VR AR somewhat, but it's not their direct core uh, you know, business, what they're doing day to day. So no, they're not wearing, like 10,000 people are not wearing VR headsets every day or AR headsets every day in, in Facebook. That's just my guess. Uh, yeah. But I might be wrong. What do you think, Gary, about this number? Well, you've just ruined it, Arthur, because um, <laughs> I was expecting 10,000 people to be working full time on AR. But uh, yeah, I, I, no, I agree. I think you're right, actually. Yeah, it, it makes sense that they've, they're sort of working on the periphery on related technologies, perhaps, and related social elements of this this hardware as well. So that all makes all make sense. Um, I think the number itself is impressive anyway, and it sort of shows a commitment, a level of commitment to AR and VR kind of technology um, going forward because they see, I think it's clear to see that Facebook see it as being very important in the future for their business as it grows. Um, and it makes sense. I think other companies that we'll get to, like Apple as well, they see it as a central like pillar in their business in the next few years. So this number of people simply reflects that, in my opinion. So, yeah, it's, you know, this number, putting this number out there, it's it generates quite a, a few headlines and it generates 
quite a lot of uh, confidence in the technology as well. So I think that's important for uh, people that are not yet looking at this as any any kind of viable technology for the future or perhaps, you know, gimmicky technology for the future. I think that that shows a level of commitment and then the headlines show a level of confidence as well in it. So it's good. It's good news. Agreed. And I absolutely think it makes sense because what Facebook has done, they have missed mobile phones. They have totally missed this kind of medium, right? So, so right now, they are a bit dependent on Apple with the iPhone and on Google with the Android operating system for their app, right? For, for, their, for their Facebook app. And we have recently um, heard about how they were struggling with Apple because Apple wants to change some privacy settings where some um, um, cookies will not anymore be able to be traced by Facebook, uh, by the Facebook app. And Facebook is trying to not let that happen. But it, it just shows how dependent they are right now on Apple and on Google, right, with, with on the mobile platforms. So they do not want to miss the next platform, the next big platform, obviously, I mean, I think all of us agree, is spatial computing, is VR and AR. That's the big thing. In probably five or 10 years, it's not this this uh, smartphone anymore. It's just everything is in my glasses here and it's going to be pretty amazing. And that's why Facebook is like throwing their money at it. And that's why they say, okay, we want billion people in our platform. That's why they put so much power into this. That's why they have a $299 Oculus Quest 2. And yeah. uh, this number, it also shows, yes, they are serious about it. It's Yeah, I think Mark, Mark is obsessed with, uh, with, with, you know, to, to be able to break up from, uh, from those guys and to own his own platform because he, yeah, as you said, he just is dependent on, on, on them. And, and that also, you know, one of the proof is that they, you know, they knew that the backlash about the login on for Facebook into Oculus will come immediately, and yet they still did it. Um, it just shows two things to me, at least, that A, they're scared um, because they want to lock people as soon as possible mm -hmm. until it's too late, and B, that they want to have the platform. They want to have a control over the platform, which is a bad thing, ultimately, for every person um, to be locked into some platform, one or another. Uh, but that's what's happening. That, that's just, yeah, that's the big play for, for the next, uh, you know, maybe 15 years. Agreed. It's kind of scary that because, um, yeah, you're right, Facebook will want to lock people into their platform. Then the other main competitor that we're going to hear about later on is Apple. They're going to want to lock you into their platform as well. It's, it is going to be this kind of thing. It'll be interesting when we talk about Somnium space, actually, because of the decentralized method that you're going for with that. Um, but we'll get onto that. I'll just say it, it was just something that popped into my head. There, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's going to be really, <laughs> really change is coming. There's a tsunami, which even the biggest companies, um, even if they see they don't do anything about it, and that tsunami will completely change the landscape within the next 10 years. Like everything will change and they don't understand it. And that is amazing. That's just great. So what are you so, talking about? Like like blockchain or? Yeah, I'm talking about blockchain decentralizing um, all the experiences. Um, a complete loss of a control of a single entity over over the data and um, user user ownership of you know anything uh, digital. So that is happening, and that will that will accelerate dramatically. We are now in infancy, but that infancy is accelerating so dramatically that those companies, 
it's a normal cycle and that cycle is coming and when you when you when you, know, when you put um, things like and that's just not related like i'm not saying it because you know I, i'm doing something or something but i'm just saying it's because i truly believe in what i'm uh, what you know what we do and when you when you put decentralized things uh, like ownership and economy together with vr um with the next you know with the next uh, social platform for humanity that is extremely powerful like you know i don't know about you but if you tell me today arthur here is the vr headset which is a standalone it's a great headset it's on par with oculus quest uh with all the you know with the resolution with 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 the with features and it can do things but it's an open platform i'm ready to pay one thousand dollars easy today and i would ditch oculus not even thinking about it anymore so that is and i think i'm not alone with this so that shows you that the change. I'm in two. Exactly. So that shows you that the change is the change is coming, and the change is probably is unexpected for many companies, um, and that's beautiful. That's great, that's but, but you know that's that's really amazing, and I'm I'm very very interested in blockchain in general. But I I really believe that at this moment. Not many people get it, <laughs> get what it means. Like, okay, everything is going to run off the blockchain. It's going to be decentralized. Nobody has the power to uh, to block something. It's, I think it's it's very it's uh, it's so beautiful. But at, at this moment, it's so in its infancy. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. just One now happening. Know what it is, yeah. and it's it's One great. In later in today's show, we're going to talk a bit more. What does it mean? Okay, it's decentralized. It, it runs on the Ethereum, on the Ethereum blockchain. What does it mean, right? We're going to get into that later, and it's going to be super exciting. That I can tell you already for all the people who are watching this live right now. Yeah, cool. And again, exactly, I agree with you guys. So um, Facebook's trying to lock people in. Then soon. Um, Apple is going to try to, to lock people into their ecosystem, into their walled garden. But, well, I must say I prefer the walled garden of Apple because their business model is not going to be to get to know me and to sell me ads. It's just a different business model. And then we'll have to see which who prefers what. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, very, very cool. But we can tell Facebook is super serious about this new platform, VR and AR, spatial computing, and they're throwing everything at it. Well, it's good. On the one hand, because also it's it's great for developers. They can make money with the Quest 2, right, by developing games and stuff. And uh, that's what we heard last week when we had the developer of Ancient Dungeon here. It was very interesting. So, yeah, lots of good things and also some bad things. Anyways, let's go to the next topic. We're going to talk about this whole decentralization thing later at the at the in the later part of this podcast. going to be super exciting. Also, now we have another little oculus news and this is about the gdc showcase on 17th of march 2021 and oculus announces two sponsored sessions at gdc showcase next week so we're going to have two sessions the first session is the future of gaming quality and connection and this the second one is squad up social and multiplayer in vr with population one and, um, well, even though these have nothing to do with hardware, still it could happen that they do talk about their hardware. Because at GDC, on GDC, they did talk about hardware things before. I was, 
I was at GDC 2019 when we still could travel and do fun things in, in the outside world. And actually at GDC 2019, they, they were showing the, the Rift S for the first time. And I can remember I tried the Quest for the first time. I met Anthony, who couldn't make it today for the first time. It was a great GDC. And um, yeah, who knows what's going to happen at this GDC. Do you guys think they could show off something new, like a Quest Pro or even probably give a hint at the Quest 3? What, what do you think is going to happen? I don't I, no, I don't expect to hear any big announcements on this one, to be honest. Um, it's interesting who's speaking, though. So at that first event you mentioned there, Sebastian, it was uh, I think Jason Rubin is speaking there. Right. Um, but also they've got a couple of developers. So you've got Denny Unger um, and then uh, another developer is, is there as well speaking. And to me, uh, from the descriptions of both of these talks, it looks like more low-key kind of affair, sort of uh, halfway between like like the Quest 2 and whatever comes next. This is sort of an update in between on software and probably their future visions of certain things. So I don't expect to hear any big announcements this time, but I'll, I'll, I am going to, you know, read the highlights, I guess. I won't, I won't watch it live or anything, but I'll read the highlights of that one. Okay, yeah, makes sense. So, Arthur, do you miss going to exhibitions? Uh, look, <clears throat> I, uh, some I do, uh, like VR days, for example. But um, honestly, it's, it was on one hand, you know, um, yeah, of course it's bad what's happening in the world because like having just freedom to go to, to things and have some events, it's amazing. But generally speaking, like VR, it just proves that, you know, the more you use VR, the the better you understand that it can replace for many people those missing social interactions which they have and not because of COVID. like some people in remote parts of the world or in parts of the world which are not that wealthy as you know western europe or just west in general um so for them having a hundred dollar you know, I'm extrapolating to the future, but having a hundred dollar headset, which can do some social VR and, you know, which can replace them then work, can work. Like it can work. Like when we are hanging out in the insomnium for, for disco nights, there are people from all over the world, but we're like dancing and the same music live together and it works. So on one hand, yes, I'm missing it. On the other hand, it's much more effective to, to work online in, in 3d environments, uh, and to do some, some other things. So, it's there are cons and pros for sure. Right, right. I also think actually it does work quite well in virtual reality or just also just digitally. It doesn't have to be in virtual reality, right? You can have some some nice cast, video cast and chat rooms and stuff. And actually it works quite okay, I must say. And it just shows that you can save lots of money as well, not having to travel to these places. But I agree, it's, it's fun to meet in Amsterdam, right? At VR days, it's, it's great to meet the whole VR family there and and, yep. see, and meet them in real. That's, of course, great. And that's, I'm, I'm still looking forward to that. But it can also work like that. You know, I'm still missing that convention or this exhibition, which is completely in VR, where you would walk through like a digital, like a virtual um, exhibition hall, right, where you have these exhibits, and then really the exhibitors are standing at this virtual kind of um, stands or booth, and it re really, that like you really have this kind of um, experience, right? What, what do you think, Arthur? Could this happen? Uh, could you make this in? Could you make this happen in in Insomnium? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you if you go to Somnium right now, like all those land parcels where people build 
uh, their own things. This is like the whole Sony is like one huge exhibition of what people are willing to show to you and what are you know what they are building. Now, um, we had something like that already uh, last year during the Burning Man when when the Burning Man was running. We had our own base reality event happening in Somnium, and we had at least I think twenty five parcels were involved from the community uh, where live shows were happening, live concerts, discos, and things all at the same time. So in principle, technologically, it is possible. Of course, um, it is still, you know, like um, not like not everyone will be able to go to a virtual reality, uh, you know, with a VR headset and go around and, and just uh, enjoy that. So I'd say right now the best possible experience if you want to do a conference or, or uh, an exhibition is um, kind of like this cross-reality thing. You just do something on a video conferencing software but do breakout sessions in those VR spaces, maybe yes. in, in in the browser spaces, and that will bring to people the sense of of uh, of three D environment, but also will keep focus on on the actual message because you don't want to miss some cool presentation because you are you know you 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 are uh, you were slow enough to go to some place or things like that. You just want to listen to that cool presentation, write down some notes, uh, but then you want to have fun with people exploring some other things. So I think the mix is still the best possible uh, way. But within like two three years, I think it will be very normal to go to a VR exhibition, like fully VR exhibition, without right. any other option. That's going to be exciting. But I totally agree with you. Like this mix is perfect. Watching those those talks as a as a webcast and probably even not live, right? Also later, perhaps. So it's it's really good. And then meeting up with some people in a VR world, that is already work, happening right now, and that is a cool thing. All right, let's go to the next small, or it's already a bit of a bigger topic here, and it is trackers, not the HTC ones yet. Now we're going to talk about. The Tundra Trackers. So Tundra Labs is a company that is doing Steam VR accessories, and they are going to start a Kickstarter. And in this Kickstarter, they're going to offer these Tundra Trackers. This these this product this product is the competitor to the HTC Vive Trackers, and. The advantages of this tracker is that it's quite small. It's smaller. It's definitely smaller than the Vive Tracker 2.0 that I'm showing here now in the picture, but even smaller than the new Vive Tracker, the Vive Tracker 3.0. And another advantage is that each tracker doesn't need its own USB dongle. For the HTC trackers, Each HTC tracker needs its own dongle. So if you have five trackers, you will need five USB ports, and each USB port has this dongle which connects to one tracker. For the Tundra tracker, you have different kinds of dongles. You have dongle A, B, and C. Dongle A can connect to one device. Dongle B can connect to uh, three devices. I think dongle C can connect to... No, no, you have uh, four. <laughs> you have uh, one dongle which can connect to three devices, and one dongle that can connect to five devices, and one dongle that can connect to seven devices. So you don't need to put in like seven USB dongles if you have seven devices there that you want to track. And that is pretty good. And the more trackers of these Tundra tracker you buy, the cheaper is it, is it going to be as compared to the Vive Tracker 2.0 and to the Vive Tracker 3.0. And the whole thing 
is smaller. Yeah, pretty interesting. What? What do you think, um, Gary? Are you have you ever used those? Have you ever used trackers? No, I've not. I've not because of the price of them. I mean, I am <laughs> right. sort of semi-interested in doing trying some kind of body tracking and that kind of stuff. I think that will be a great thing to try. The utility of it at the moment, there's not a great deal of software out there that supports it and that kind of stuff. So you really need like um, a few of these trackers to make like two or three trackers minimum to make body tracking um, you know, better than it, it, it otherwise would be. Um, so I've never tried one. These, The price of these is a little bit more expensive than I think they initially said it would be. I think they were aiming for something like $50 per tracker. Um, and now I believe the price has been revealed to be $95 per right, tracker. Right. Um, this dongle thing is great, though, because I don't understand why that dongle thing was an issue in the first place anyway. with So with Vive trackers, is do I understand it correctly? You need an independent single dongle for every Absolutely. single you, you have five Vive trackers, you have five USB dongles that you have to put inside your computer. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, it that, is. That's crazy. Um, the other thing I wanted to quickly mention on this, I don't know if you guys saw it. Or maybe maybe you, I'm sure we didn't discuss it last week. It was the uh, the Stonks thing, this, uh, this right. other company that is doing uh, a body tracking solution. It's not as accurate. <clears throat> it's not as accurate as having actual Steam VR lighthouse tracked uh, trackers. But this has a beacon, a single beacon, and then passive trackers, and it's eighty dollars uh, at the moment with two with two trackers and a single beacon. But it uh, it's only one hundred and eighty degree body tracking at the moment. They are releasing another one later on, which will be double the price, and it will have three hundred and sixty degree body tracking. So these these trackers that they have, they're passive. They don't have any electronics in them at all. They're sort of reflections, and the beacon, which is connected via USB to your PC, is what actually tracks them. I'm showing it. Was... I'm showing it on the screen right now. Yeah, exactly. So that is that is actually. Actually amazing, I think, because it's cheaper, first of all, that. And then those those clips, those discs that you connect to your body, they don't need any battery, right? Because no. because you're sim because it simply reflects the light and that's it. it. So they, they, this can run forever. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, let's not it's not as accurate. So it's not as accurate as, as uh, vibe sub, trackers sub or, centimeter it's still okay yeah. it's, uh, it's still it's not sub enough, millimeter yeah. it's but it's good enough right exactly yeah, yeah. exactly yeah yeah right. something to look out for anyway i just wanted to mention that one because that to me was a just a fantastic um idea for a product compatible with steam vr as well it's a different way of doing it, it doesn't use the the base stations but it's a great idea Agreed. So, Arthur, I think especially for your line of business, <laughs> social VR worlds, I believe trackers are important, right? Do people use trackers for Somnium already, or so how right, right now, right now we're working on the support for full body tracking. Uh, it's coming probably within uh, within a month uh, uh, out. Uh, we'll be also releasing soon, hopefully the uh, the lip tracking. We'll talk about that later. Right. Um, I think there are they're extremely important. They're not used that much, but um, the number of people and like some very specific communities are forming around, uh, you know, around that way of expression, and it adds a lot. Like I've tried uh, them several times. I used them several times, and um, um, they do add a lot of uh, immersion into what you can, how you can express. Like, you know, like we always say. Once we introduce uh, trackers, you know, full body tracking and somnium, like discos will never be the same. And that's true, <laughs> uh, right? Because 
<clears throat> suddenly you'll be able to express yourself better. So we have like uh, a gesture animations already support, so you can like express your avatar with like blinking and being serious and stuff. But of course, this is like next level. And when you connect everything together and you click all those things together, then you are you're coming to a very interesting point where um, you know it's even harder to distinguish like what's the, what's real, what's not. Like how do you feel about talking to a person? Like I already have friends in VR whom I've never seen in real life, but I'm sure I would recognize them just by the way how they move their controllers, move their hands, right? How they how they look, how they turn their head and things like that. So definitely this is like a, a muscle memory in, in your brain. But if you add trackers into that and facial expressions, yeah, that's of course uh, is the uh, the future. So I think I'm not sure like who will win this game in terms of which company will do trackers. I think the company which is right now got coming on the Kickstarter promising. Um, I think and we'll discuss it when lip track, you know, lip lip uh, tracking thing for wife. But I think like closing down the system and tr and trying to force people to buy your hardware to to do this tracking, probably not the best way to uh, to do things. But uh, who knows? There will be a lot of competition in that. Of course. Yeah, all right. Which is good. Yeah. For consumer, it's perfect. For consumer, that's great that there's some competition going on and the prices are probably going to go down. And um, yeah, what's also interesting right now, it seems if you want full body tracking, you absolutely need Steam VR because there's no other chance to make it happen, right? You, the Vive trackers work with Steam VR, then these Tundra trackers work with Steam VR, even this um, Stonks from the Swedish teenager. Yeah, Steam VR. The, <laughs> also, the, the other, Steam VR. Yeah. I was just going to ask you actually, Sebastian, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but there is no that problem. Connect solution as well. Um, I don't know right. how that works, but that you can set up a Connect where you can do body tracking with that, I think, in VR chat as well. Exactly, um, yeah. Uh, you can do it um, with some special software, and then also that is Steam VR. Oh, it's still Steam VR. Yes, okay, everything right, is okay. always Steam VR. Still goes through that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So at the moment, if you want to have full body tracking, if you really want to dance with your feet moving, then absolutely you have to do Steam VR. It would be great if there was a standalone headset that could somehow do it. Right. That could it somehow have it with this kind of um, full body tracking and where you could dance and do all kinds of cool things. But well, seems like we still have to wait a bit. Yeah, and Arthur, you're right. This is going to be crazy, the disco stuff that's going on. I, I, I was in Somnium and I made a video and then uh, suddenly we were in some kind of uh, disco place that somebody made and we were going crazy. And it was even fun without the feet. It was a church. It was a church. It was, and it was a church and it was drum and bass playing there. That <laughs> yeah. I remember. That was, that was really crazy. It was a drum and <laughs> bass church there. and it was really fun. I had a great time dancing, and oh, God, this is going to be so crazy. Yeah, right, right. Okay, so these are the Tundra trackers. And again, yes, right, for the pricing that was just revealed, $95 for one tracker. But this is without dongle. So this is if you already have a dongle. Um, then $130 if, if you want the dongle and the tracker. And um, three three devices with dongle $300 so it gets cheaper the more devices you get well it is cheaper but it's still not so cheap I mean it's it's still not this kind of um, impulse buy cheap right it's still a bit expensive 
Yeah, and I think one of the the main things with these trackers, because again, I would love to try it. And every time I hear, like hearing artists speak about it as well, you hear these people that speak about body tracking and how it can change the immersion factor of being in there. So I would would love to try them. I think the number one priority of these companies is to get the cost down, because in order to purchase a, a two or three of these, you're looking to an expense which is just beyond what most people will see as being like a, a viable benefit to them until they've tried it so i think a lot of this stuff it just needs to get cheaper and i, I know it's not as simple as that I, they can't just magically make these things cheaper right, they're, right. they're expensive things to make so i'm not saying that at all i'm just saying that in a wider context to get these in the hands of people they should that that's really the thing holding it back Right. Let's bring let's bring a little controversy into the discussion. I actually I like kind it. of disagree with that because I think the number one priority, I can, of course, always having the price down is is, is the best thing uh, which could happen to the product. But I think the number one thing they should work on is cross compatibility with different headsets. Like that thing, especially if we talk about Vive stuff and you know um, with about HTC things, like they have to they have to make it in a way that it can work. And right now it can, but if we talk about like lip tracking thing, it it's just if more uh, more headsets and more ecosystems can can adopt it like that that because I think in the moment if, if the person really is serious about social VR, and he has and he knows exactly use case what he wants to do with those trackers and that's what i think that's like 90 percent of people who are buying them right now then the price is for them is kind of like okay it's maybe painful but they're going to buy it anyway right uh so yeah if the price goes down like to 40 dollars per tracker or 35 dollars, then maybe there'll be a lot of more impulsive buying and people will be doing more you know more more uh, you know, trying it more and, and we'll see more people with that. But I think right now it's such a niche um, that that's why their companies, they know, right, that it's uh, they don't need to go down with yeah, the right. price because they have, they have this price analysis done and they just look at this and they say, okay, if we go $50 down with the price, we're we are gaining only 10% more users. We don't care about that. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a very good point to bring up. Yeah, and that's true. What I suppose what I would say is that Alternate to that, taking the ecosystem aside, if a company is bringing out a body tracking solution, whether that's Steam VR or compatible with other ecosystems, I see a company in the future possibly bringing out a completely alternate solution, which is compatible with whatever. Absolutely. And at that point, I think it needs to be cheap enough for yeah. general mainstream people to, to see the advantages of it you're right at the moment it's niche and people know that they want it so they'll pay whatever it takes to to use body tracking in in all of these uh these pieces of software that currently support it because they they want to do certain things i understand that it's a good point to bring up i agree yeah right cool yeah i agree as well and uh, it would be great if we had a headset that already had this included in the first place that you don't have to buy those, but I don't know. That, that yeah, just, just, some yeah, clips just have, exactly. I mean, like, why wouldn't, like, why couldn't you, um, maybe you don't do, like, that precision level of, 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 of wife trackers, of HTC trackers, but if you, if you, if you include a, let's say, a standalone, like, Quest, and you somewhat um, do a Bluetooth slash camera sensors trackers, um, uh, system where they you know accelerometers and stuff and you you give people 80% of experience for one tenth of a price 
I mean, that would be a success. And, and I, I think, uh, I think it's coming. Like, I think that's, that's definitely uh, the future and seeing like, you remember, um, <clears throat> Sebastian, we were talking about that, uh, like Samsung Odyssey, <clears throat> when the, when the Odyssey and the, the difference between Odyssey and Odyssey plus in the controllers was significant. And that was just due to the way how they were inter in, interpolating the, the Bluetooth signal from the controllers, right? And then the, the signal was coming and how they were calculating and calibrating the, the Bluetooth. So it was, you were able to bring your hands much further than you were able to do it before. And that was just basically like software uh, thing. So what I'm saying is you could do good trackers if you put them in these arms and legs, um, you know, to mix this with cameras plus the plus the accelerometers and all that combined could work. Like you could have like 75, 80% of experience of actual trackers from, from HTC. Right, that would be so exciting actually if somebody would do that. And that brings us to our next topic <laughs> because HTC has done a very interesting job, let's say like this, teasing new <laughs> hardware. <laughs> That's going to be a very exciting topic now. So what they did, and we all know that by now, let me share my screen here with you. They were teasing something. They were teasing something the whole last week and before it's your move, right? And we saw this kind of hot plastic with that Vive logo shining. Then they said like, okay, 70% more energy. And um, yeah, then they teased Another thing here, this kind of facial tracker, and lots of people, including me, thought, okay, that is most probably the standalone headset that actually was also somehow talked about like two weeks before by HTC, by the president. And well, that was not the case. <laughs> so that was not the case at all. No standalone headset now. I still believe there will be a standalone headset from HTC this year, but instead they have shown us something else. They've shown us new trackers. Let me sh let me show you that right now. New trackers here. The the Vive tracker in Europe costs 139 euros for one. So again, not cheap. For those who want them, it's okay, right? But for the general public, just like Gary said, yeah. it's it's too expensive, right? Those trackers. And they are, according to the website, 33% smaller, they are 15% lighter, and they have 75% longer battery life. Very nice. Very cool. Very good. And the other thing that they have introduced is a facial tracker at 139 euros. Now, that is, in my opinion, is more exciting because, well, we have seen the tracker before. We know how it works. It's great, right? But this facial tracker, this is really something new for the consumer that we can simply buy it. It costs 139 euros here in Europe and it does facial tracking. So you can connect it to your Vive Pro and your Vive Pro I. Unfortunately, it seems that's not... where the problem starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to say, like, okay, unfortunately, <laughs> that is a headset that was sold in our 2017. Now they had been selling the Vive Cosmos and the Vive Cosmos Elite, right? So why isn't it compatible with that? <laughs> That's so sad for the people who bought a Cosmos. I am not just the bad tracking, but now it's even not compatible with that. Ah, uh, yeah, dear HTC, what are you doing again here? But anything, anyone who has a Vive Pro or Vive Pro I, they can now get this facial tracking interface. And as you can see here on my screen right now, well, it um, scans, it, it uh, records the user's face and then 
you put it onto the avatar and in virtual worlds like Somnium Space, Neos and VR Chat, then if it is supported, actually your facial expressions are being shown in these worlds. And that is pretty amazing, isn't it? What do you think? Uh, I think it's niche of the niche. It's, I think it's cool tech, but it's niche of the niche. Like if we thought vibe trackers are niche, like that was mainstream in comparison with this. Um, so I think it's a great uh, tech um, advancement. I think the way how I see it being done by HTC in terms of how the hardware looks, and I mean, we've ordered as well. So we will, we are implementing it as we speak, but um, it's the, the hardware looks kind of bigger than I would expect it should look for this kind of purposes. And on top of that, I think um, because they limited it to the Vive Pro and Vive Pro i headsets, that is for them it's a catastrophe because you know this thing has USB-C now the question is will it work with Valve Index I'd guess it will I think people will be able to make it work uh, but you know it should be it should be different it should be like hey here is the vi here's the lip tracking from us from HTC the best of course the best and the most um, uh, let's say seamless uh, experience you will have with Vive and Vive Pro I, but it is compatible with any VR headset which has an USB-C input on it. Boom! Now you suddenly have all the Quest users are able to you know rig it on top of it, and all the other users of right. Valve Index and stuff. Be, and so that would be a revolution because suddenly you are opening yourself up to uh, you know millions of people instead of closing yourself up to sub percent of of, of people who use um, those headsets. So. Yeah, that I think is the biggest mistake, and I just hope they will change their mind and somewhat make it uh, make it compatible with uh, with other headsets, which I don't think is possible at the moment. But that that what should have happened, and that would have been exciting because then they would have sold many many more of those units. And because that's not the case, I think we will see a very low adoption of niche of the niche. Uh, and uh, maybe it will be used for some research purposes, which is a very legit uh, uh, use case. But I don't expect that suddenly you will see, you know, go going to VR chat, for example, you will see hundreds of people using this. I just don't think that's the case. I think you will see two people, and it will be a cool experience. Uh, because don't don't forget, like in order to make it happen, you don't only need to have a compatible VR headset, but also you need to rework and update your avatar. So that it, that avatar itself right. supports that, and you have like to add thirty nine muscles and and the tongue and everything. That is a hell of a lot of work to make that avatar work properly in in a system like you know VR Chat or you know through a Somnium SDK. So yeah, I mean, cool tech. I think we will see much sleeker and more um, and cheaper implementations in some upcoming headsets. Probably we'll start this year. Probably we'll see some mainstream headsets coming with uh, eye tracking first because that's already quite easy to do, and that will become pretty cool. And then the next step would be, yes, since we have eye tracking, we'll introduce the lip tracking as well. Um, and maybe in 2022, we'll see some headsets which have both of that. Maybe Oculus Pro will have um, something like that. But yeah, niche of the niche so far, but cool direction. Let's push the boundaries, why not? <laughs> right. What do you think, Gary, about this? Well, uh, to be honest, I mean, it gets a little bit exhausting trying to analyze 
HTC's decisions a lot of the time. This is going back years. Honestly, it's going back years and years with the Vive Pro originally. I think that's where things started to fall apart. As great a product as the Vive Pro is, it was priced way ahead of what most people were willing to pay for it at that time. Again, we're back on price, I know. Um, but the, the problem is we, we tried to analyze all of HTC's decisions and the marketing around this announcement was very odd anyway in the first place because <laughs> it was terrible, had, man. Well, they were going backwards and forwards with Oculus. Oculus tweeted them at like a chess move or something, wasn't it? Oh, yes. And HTC must have been thinking, oh, my God, we've got Oculus tweeting to us now. <laughs> we are, people are expecting too much. What do we do? Well, what they did is double down and just constantly do these. Oh, they were so funny. It was. It was strange. And Oculus, it seemed like they fooled Oculus as well for a while. Oculus must have been thinking that this is another standalone. Of this course. Is a standalone headset. I, I, I honestly think that the, I honestly, like, I really, maybe I'm wrong. Like, uh, Alvin, if I'm wrong, please tweet at me that I'm wrong. But, uh, uh, I, by the way, I'm a fan of HTC. I want them to succeed. Yeah, me we too. Like competition like in the market. Are, like like everyone is succeed. rooting. Everyone yes. is rooting for them. But, <laughs> like, but, uh, like, but why? Uh, but I'm, I'm, I think the reality was like this. Like if we picture those two companies, like Oculus with a huge marketing department and a very precisely crafted messages on Twitter, and then one guy or girl in HTC responsible for Twitter yeah. somewhere with a phone and like. Oh, they tweeted, the <laughs> yeah, Oculus, Oculus tweeted us, what do I do, you know, like, and I tweet something back. So I think, honestly, I would imagine it like this, like a huge department with a very corrupted messages and, yeah. and like one or two people responsible for the Twitter account of HTC uh, doing something, doing something like this. Yeah. But um, it, it, it unintentionally brought that attention to this topic, maybe which they didn't even expect to have. Well, uh, I think, yeah. I, don't, I think that that made it bigger than it was. It was already going to be big anyway because people were expecting. And off the back of this interview that Alvin Wangrelin did with uh, Teleport Me as well, where he was talking about standalone, right. this is all coinciding with that at the same time. So, what are people supposed to think? Yeah, sure. Of course, sure. we have to think it's a standalone headset. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, but anyway, anyway, let's. <laughs> I'll leave that to one side very quickly because. The innovations, look, there is still innovations here, isn't there, with it? So yeah, right, I think that, right. that's a good thing. With that face tracker, I like the idea of it. I agree. I think, to me, it seems like it, it's, it's. I don't even know if I'm, I want to say over-engineered or whatever, but it's too big, it's too obtrusive, it sticks out. There is no way I wouldn't smash that to bits within five minutes of, of using it with the controllers and stuff because it sticks out that far. So I think there's a few things with it. I think it looks odd. Yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It looks like this. Uh, could be yeah. a little bit smaller, of course, but um, it's a little yeah. bit flatter. But oh, yeah, but the audio was really nice now, Arthur. <laughs> it was, yeah. Right. ASMR. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I like the idea of it. I think it's too obtrusive what it, for what it is. Honestly, I think the price of this for the niche of a niche, as you say, and a. a a captive market for the kind of people that want this kind of thing. Um, the price doesn't seem that outrageous on this yeah, particular. It's, it's, right. it's, a, the it's a, totally right. okay. I totally yeah. agree. It's pretty nice, actually. Yeah, I, yeah. I ordered one. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, right, right. So okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Somebody needs one to yeah, yeah. To, to bring it into the the system, I suppose. But um, yeah, I like the idea of it. Look, with fa facial tracking. I think it's going to be there one day and. It, this is a first step. It's an interesting step, nevertheless. No matter how, how much uh, I, I sort of, um, so, you know, go go for HTC with regards to their marketing strategy around this, I'm a big fan of HTC as well. Love my vibe. 
Um, so yeah, I, I I just want them to I, I want them to make decisions that make sense to me <laughs> in a purely selfish way. I want it to make sense. You are not alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes so much sense. So like I believe I believe so many people are actually rooting for HTC now because the industry needs that kind of like a counterweight to the quest and Samsung. to uh, to how dominant <laughs> Facebook is now. Yeah, Samsung would be great, but HTC has lots of chances to do yeah. that, right? They yeah. do have Vive Port Infinity. Like they're the only company. Okay, no, Steam also has it. I mean Valve and also Sony, of course. So there are a few companies who could pull this off. Right, Valve could could be a competitor, a bigger competitor to the Quest, and yeah, well, Sony also a bit with their PSVR 2. but really, like HTC, they could pull it off with their Vive Port store because in China there's even a mobile Vive Port store, which is basically the Quest store for us here in the West. They have it in China, so they could actually bring this over to the to the west and the people are rooting for them and so i was actually really disappointed and sad that they have effed it up <laughs> again here with 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 this marketing with with bad marketing because uh, on its own I believe that this is cool that they have a facial tracker and that uh, that they have these new 2.0 trackers these are cool devices i think right you, you know you, you know what would be a killer thing if they do what? What if then? they come up within one month with a standalone headset and they would say all of the things which we sell like trackers and lip tracking is compatible with that yeah that, and we would be like that would be and good. we would be like yes oh yeah okay that, it that, makes oh. sense that would make sense shut yes. up and take my money yeah, yeah you're right oh my god Arthur, here there's some hope now elvin elvin <laughs> yeah <laughs> elvin if you're watching this this is this would be great yeah, that, that would and, be killer that, that would be would... great oh yeah now oh oh you're giving me a hope here yeah <laughs> Arthur. rumors rumors <laughs> yeah rumors starting here again the rumors yeah. man Arthur, you should be working with hcc <laughs> i mean again i i can't repeat i mean alvin <laughs> yeah. are, you are you coming to somnium for another interview again come on uh that, that would be great. no i mean look uh hcc will have an all you know always soft spot in my heart uh, for them because the first full, you know, room scale tracking oh, that was VR beautiful. headset I've tried. Partly the reason why I started Somnium was because I tried the early version of HTC Vive. Like that's true. Yep. That's that's this that's the story. And I want them to succeed. And we need a competition. Like you know, HTC has to really put a lot of efforts into it. Um, the same as Samsung. Like Samsung has all the cards and all the decks on their table to do an amazing job. Of, of of VR, they have their own ecosystem in the mobile. Uh, they they know how to build own ecosystems. They worked with Oculus, so they know how VR works. They have expertise in house. They have amazing screens and hardware team. They can build the most sleekest and perfect device ever. And they're in position of power to a subsidize headsets and b bring it to masses. They can just put all over the place all the ads. You know, like uh, Carmack was saying that. The part, you know, why why it was great in the beginning to work with uh, with Samsung is because, you know, Oculus can make a great headset, but then then Samsung takes it and puts it on the Times Square, and tells them like, now you're gonna buy the Gear VR, you know, like now go and buy that thing. So that is the power of Samsung, and I really hope that 2021 will be the year where we'll see the new headset. You know, I w I'm still hoping about the headset which can be standalone and and wired at the same time, like. Honestly, it just cannot be only standalone or only wired. It has to be both. In 2021, it already has to be both. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, good point. And the the HTC, if HTC bring out a standalone headset, which I agree they are going to because Alvin said they were. So I think that's going to happen. I think part of the frustration with HTC is that when you look at it from a consumer point of view, I don't, it's almost like at this point, I wonder how HTC are surviving on the business that they've developed since products after the Vive. I, I don't really understand how they are getting so so much uh, adoption or purchasing of this hardware in order to sustain them. And it could be partially be uh, Vive port subscriptions or China. something like that. It's China. China. They are okay, strong in China. Okay. So so we take we take China and are China buying, you know, this hardware, the HTC hardware that for consumers or is it enterprise use over there because we constantly hear from HTC how they are right. targeting enterprise and yet these are all available to consumers as well yeah that's that, right that, that's something that sh shouldn't be forgotten my, my point is that it, it's frustrating with HTC when you look at this and okay I will take the point of China on board because if they are able to sustain their marketing strategy their their business strategy and their hardware strategy at this stage purely with China, then then good luck to them. And and I hope they can sustain it in that way. It's just that where I am and where I see these products coming out, they just don't make sense for me and anybody I know. I think, I think what you say makes sense. <laughs> and uh, the thing is, we are looking at this from the consumer standpoint. We want this cool yeah, stuff. Exactly. Like we want that cool stuff like the Quest 2. That, oh, the Quest 2 is just so perfectly crafted towards us cheap it's uh, easy to use right and it has all the games it's perfect but uh, yeah then we see something come out like this here the the facial tracking it's uh, for us somehow it doesn't make sense because no one of us has the vive pro yeah i have it i have it but but i'm not the normal consumer the normal consumers have a quest 2 and now they see this and they see it, we're like wow it's cool but they can't use it and i totally agree what arthur said why isn't that directly compatible with all the headsets Right with with the main headsets, with the main headsets, why just with the Vive Pro and the Vive Pro I? Why not make it compatible with the Cosmos, at least with the Cosmos, at least at least with their yeah, the own headset? I mean, at least with that, I can't understand that they not right out of the batch say, okay, this works with the Quest Two, but it would be amazing if it would work with the Quest Two. Then probably they could price it even hundred ninety nine dollars, and people would pick it up and put it to their Quest. And suddenly, so many people would have some HTC device again. And it seems like with accessories, they are not so bad, right? Lots of people still love the HTC um, Deluxe Audio Strap, which is still like one of the best straps that people like um, connect to all kinds of different headsets. In, so, in the chat of this video, someone yeah. was commenting that probably the best-selling product of HTC is this <laughs> Deluxe Audio exactly, Strap. It is. It, it really is. <laughs> Really? This is and, so funny. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. But it should tell them that, you know, maybe there is another business opportunity here because, you know, there you is. open up your ecosystem a little bit. You allow people to buy your product. They, they see your logo all the time. So they will pay attention to every other announcement you do because they already own a piece of your hardware. For example. Like that's just the truth of life. So... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. So I totally understand, Gary, where you said that this is frustrating because we see this as a consumer. But Vive, it seems like they are not looking at this like, like we do. The thing is, they do have this business strategy of 
business first right now, it feels. They are doing a great job with, with enterprise. They are working on this Excel suite, this uh, suite of programs. They want to make the office of spatial computing with this Excel suite, and it's great, actually. Lots of different programs that are accessible simply by one login, like VRChat is actually one of them. It's called VR Social, uh, um, no, it's called XR Suite Social or so. If you go there, and um, yeah, lots of cool things. So they know they have sold the Vive Pro and the Vive Pro I to lots of enterprises in Europe, in China, in the States. And they look at this device, they have developed this device for those people, for their conferencing software, right? They have a conferencing software, it's called Vive Sync, and then they can sell this, this add-on to them, and then Vive Sync even gets better. Because, well, then you see your business partner in VR when you have that session with full facial tracking. So for okay. them, it makes sense. For enterprise, but it makes sense. Face it, like, let, 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 let's, let's guess. How many, how many business partners have used the Vive Pro I with facial tracking? What do you think? What's your guess? Yeah, guess. right now, nobody. But now they, it's, it's at least possible. Right. Right? It's get, no, it gets no, better I mean, now. I mean, even, even with Vive Pro I, let's say, I think it's, it's as much as I am pro vr and i know it will completely revolutionize everything i just think because when you try to target niche of niche of niche of niche and you go more and more of the niche of the niche you know you're you're ending up in some sort of weird situation where the whole market is moving somewhere very fast and you're catching up with something else so i really hope like standalone with compatibility back compatibility all those devices would just kill it like yeah. this would be wow. this would be a killer yeah what, what, and also, while I hear a lot about uh, HTC, you know, focusing on enterprise and the enterprise applications, the business applications of their products and, and VR, I, I agree that VR must have like these huge opportunities for businesses and enterprise and that kind of stuff. The actual practical applications that I see ever being mentioned of so few and far between that, I, I mean, what, what, what companies, what, what businesses have actually used VR in a like in a really practical way for their day-to-day -day businesses that you can give example or anybody could give examples of that are you know it big enough big enough to to warrant this kind of market this targeting enterprise that that's my question really as no, well I don't I don't see that too often but it does happen it does happen. Like, for example, I had an interview with Spatial, that <clears throat> software that helps um, facilitate these virtual yep. discussions. And uh, they told me, like, really big companies that you know, like Pfizer, for example, they're doing their meetings now in virtual re reality with that Spatial application because, well, it saves lots of cost. Because before they yeah, did really absolutely. meet in person, but now they can do it virtually and it simply works better when you have this kind of spatial component. So, yes, it is happening, really. It, it, it yeah, is absolutely happening. <laughs> yeah, I hope it is, because I know anybody that's in interest in VR will say that it must have multiple applications for, for business. And people are mentioning in chat training. Yeah, I do hear these stories of people businesses using uh, VR for training as well. Um, I think there was a story about Walmart ordering a load of quests yeah, right, or right. something at one point. Yes, yeah. it, is, it is happening. So that's true. I can, yeah, I can yeah. tell it. Also, like collaboration, if uh, companies want to work together uh, on R&D and they work on these uh, CAD files, they meet in VR in these special applications, no matter where they are. It, it is happening, even though we as consumers don't see it. But I do also consult companies. And yes, this is actually happening. <laughs>
Okay, that's good to know yeah. at least. Yeah. yeah, right. That is happening. Yeah, so facial tracker. Wow, I would be super happy if all that stuff really would work with that standalone headset. At least the facial... It must. It must. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's almost no other way. Like, yeah. it, it, it has to work. If they come with a new headset, which is not a back compatible with what they just released... At least the facial tracker. Like, for the, for the, for the little trackers, they will definitely need the base station. So that's yeah. not going to happen. Right. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you have that? I mean, if you if you have if you're a company who who does that, who who develops those trackers, why wouldn't you develop a headset which is compatible with a you know with a PC VR experience and uh, the standalone experience? Why wouldn't you have that? Like, it's not that difficult to make. You know, why couldn't be compatible with cameras with both, and base station yeah. at the same it would time? Be, like, it would I be just, great. I just, like, yeah, because you make it maybe a hundred dollars more expensive. But you bring so much utility into the into the space, right? So you'd be talking about having like an inside-out tracking system, and then also alongside yeah. that built into the yeah. same unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's doable. I suppose, it's doable. It? Yeah. It, it, it is from hardware standpoint, it's totally doable. I, I would I would assume and I would bet that it's doable. It will make the unit more expensive, uh, which is a but, problem. Uh, Look, I mean, I, for HTC, I don't think it's a problem. If you if you if you're if you're oh, if you're charging thousand dollars, you can charge one thousand one hundred. It doesn't make it, yeah. it doesn't make any if difference. They, if they if they completely target this at enterprise and not as at us at all at consumers, then doesn't it's not a problem. But if if they still have like one hope, one glimmer of hope that they somehow could compete with a Quest Two. Then it's a problem by price. I don't think they can compete with by price. With no, Quest no, yeah, 2. yeah, but it cannot be. It cannot be and too if expensive. You, if you, if, and if you don't go and compete with Quest Two by price, your choice is: Are we making it three hundred dollars more expensive, or are we making it, you know, five hundred dollars more expensive? But then we are putting some, you know, bleeding edge tech inside it, yeah. yeah, and giving people an ultimate, you know, machine. And I'd say, from marketing standpoint of view, I'd say, you know what? Since the sales will be lower. Um, Let's just earn a higher margin on a much more expensive device with an amazing tech inside, which is back compatible with all our other tech, which we might sell more if people start buying this. You know, like that's just like normal business thinking uh, here. But maybe yeah. maybe there's technological hurdle. I don't but go go, go ahead, ahead, Gary. No, I was just going to go, going to mention your point there, Sebastian. As well, it's like they're they're half and half as well. It's this half and half approach. They right. want to target enterprise and business, and yet at the same time, they've still got a foot in the consumer market. That's why it's frustrating to and confusing to consumers, I suppose, with their products. If they went full on with this enterprise and business approach, perhaps that will be a, 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 a well, at least something to try. And it wouldn't confuse me. <laughs> That's it. But exactly that was the problem, for example, of the HTC Vive Pro, because they were not sure who are they actually targeting. Yeah. Okay, prosumer, what does it mean? So it was somehow targeted at um, the enterprise customers, but somehow also at us, right? Because they did sell bundles with Vive Port Infinity, right? So they were not really sure who is that for. And then as consumers, we thought like, oh, that is too expensive. And uh, that was the point where they lost the consumers. <laughs> and they didn't mm. win them back with the Cosmos, unfortunately, because it's, it was simply not good enough. And um, yeah, so if now... They're going for that business-only device, this standalone headset. I think I have the feeling it's going to be a goodbye for the consumers. I believe that we're going to say. I, like, I okay. don't think they will ever do it. I don't, I don't think they will ditch the consumer market. I, I think they understand that once they do it, there is almost no way back. And right. I think they just cannot afford to lose the consumer market. They'd rather, 
you know, put their, you know, drag their 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 legs with a one percent market share in the consumer market and completely be gone out of that. So I think. But then it's going I, to be tough to do that super high expensive one. What you just said, right? Um, the standalone headset. I think the I think there's a lot of people who bought G2. G2 was not that cheap headset. Um, okay. And there is quite a lot of yeah, but there's quite a lot of people who bought G2 plus you know using knuckles controllers and you know the cost is. Uh, the, 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 the cost is uh, piling up. So like just an exercise, like would you rather Oculus Quest 2 for 300 or would you rather HTC with all of this goodness I just described and we described for 850? Like, <laughs> okay, obviously you're, you're, you're asking the right person. I would probably go for the $800 one, but the normal Joe Blow yeah, from Walmart... <laughs> That's what they Anthony, that's what they, Anthony they would say. Yeah, but they don't need them. They just need five percent of the consumers who would buy that headset Probably. for eight fifty. Probably, and I think that would be, be enough for them to keep them to alive, stay. Okay. to get ready for the next headset, the, and to get back food into the market. So Hopefully. maybe that's I don't know. Let's hope. Hope the, the, is what we have. There are people out there as well that will purchase the headset just so they don't have to uh, log in with exactly. Facebook. There, there are those people out there. I'm not saying there's there's too many of them that would pay attention that much, but people that, that do follow it in the, the VR market, the people that are very interested in VR is growing all the time as well. And and th of, of those people, I think there is probably quite a decent subset that would rather not have to log in with Facebook as well. Right. And they can go, go right. with HTC. Agreed. Yeah, but, but probably if there's only like... Uh, 5% user base as compared to the Quest, it's going to be tough to motivate the developers to port it over to that store. I mean, if that's, if everything is very simple, then probably people will do it, right? Make make it make it um, super simple. Wireless and SteamVR compatible with all yep. the games. You're right, you are yeah. you are you are the winner, and Oculus is the loser. <laughs> and that's that's not so easy, perhaps, but I yeah, agree, but I mean, it would be good. I mean, yeah. I don't think that Oculus Oculus ecosystem in a way, like Oculus will not be the only company who will be trying to dominate the VR market. Whether it's HTC coming or Samsung or someone new, something will happen. And when you have an open system against the closed system, open system always wins in the long term, in the long run. That's it. Like it's just simple. So Facebook can try to throw as much money as possible and they will continue doing that and they will be subsidizing and they will be pushing it. Now, the only question for the future of VR is, Will Facebook have enough revenue uh, to sustainably support their VR aggressive strategy long enough to to lock all people down, or will Facebook will have a existential problem uh, sooner than later because people will start you know using some other products and then they will not be able to support their VR strategy and then you know some other company will take it over. That's a big question. So um, yeah. That indeed is a super big question. Yeah, but I agree. Then the next standalone headset from HTC, it should absolutely be um, like compatible with Steam VR right out of the box without having to install virtual desktop, right? Just okay, you do yes. this. And you're right, lots of people would go for it who don't yeah. want the Facebook stuff, right? Of course. Who simply yeah. want to use their Steam VR games and have a nice wireless solution and instantly, instantly, instantly make it like, work. Honestly, give me, give me a, like, uh, like really, uh, give me a headset and even put put the router, special router in the in the box so that I just plug into my computer and it's already set up for like 5G Wi-Fi oh, that I don't need right. to set up anything. Just put me this, I pay $50 extra, but I want to have this easy and seamless setup and that's it. Like people would pay for this stuff instantly. 
I think so. I really like we talk a lot with our community. I know what people are buying. I know, you know, what they are spending on. And I know the sentiment and the sentiment is clear. Like, give us something good and we will give you the money. Yes, it will not be as mainstream as Oculus Quest, but it will enough be enough to for HTC to sustainably exist and, you know, continue to innovate in this uh, consumer space. Just, you know, just a thought here. So just throw at me a router. Like I would buy. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? If you simply mm. plug it into your router and then everything works out of the box, good idea. Absolutely. Exactly. And they are not so expensive. Yeah, you can get yeah, a really I... good router for like six uh, fifty euros. So. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, Gary, do you say router or router where you are? Router. Yeah, router. We say no, we say router. You say router. Yeah, router. The Americans okay. say router. Okay. router. I said okay. router. I said router on VR roundtable a few times, and everybody mocks me in chat. <laughs> oh really? Okay. No, no. Here in Germany, we all say router. Router. Yeah, router. Okay, router. <laughs> on next dimension podcast is router. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. But the thing really is, HTC has shown us time and time again that their business dishes, the decisions are strange, questionable, and Really, I, I really root for them to do the right thing with this with this standalone headset, and uh, yeah, it, it seems all so natural for us. As in, yeah, it should it should connect to uh, Steam VR automatically. Uh, uh, the facial tracking should work. The the device that they have just shown, it makes so much sense to us, but probably it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, no, let's, just have, oh, you just let's have faith. Oh man, right? oh, we'll have faith. Let's not. Let's not. Let's have a bit of optimism about HTC. Okay. Finally, exactly. after all these years, they'll bring it back with a standalone headset. I hope so. And it's not going to compete directly with the Quest <laughs> 2 because the thing is, as well, he did say in that interview, it's not going to compete with the Quest 2 on. Um, yeah, right, right. But he could simply be talking about price there. They're, they're competing on a different level. They're, they're not They're not competing on price. They're competing with a different level, a different product. And I think there are options with them to do different value propositions with a standalone headset rather than focus on price. As you mentioned, Sebastian, like if they had a, a mobile version of Viveport or something like that, that they could bundle in uh, with their headset um, And again, you know, do, do all of these things, then there's different ways that they can make value with the headset without necessarily competing directly on price. Well, I'm probably going over ground we've already covered anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, I'm my goodness. That. There was a big discussion in the chat, so I'm like glimpsing into the chat, and um, <laughs> I, I'm looking at, there's a huge discussion about, like, that all, all of that, like, all the facial stuff is made for VTubers in Japan and stuff. I no. think <laughs> no. at least, and again, I'm not a big, uh, uh, you know, uh, follower of uh, VTubing in Japan, especially. But I think, uh, like, that is, again, it, it's a big thing which is growing and it will grow dramatically. Um, uh, but there is also other tech which could be used uh, to make facial expression, like even webcams or even special cams and special software can actually do some cool stuff um, and track your, uh, you know, your expressions. Um, Uh, on the web, if, depending on which kind of VTuber you are. If you are a complete VR VTuber, then it's one thing. But if you are a just webcam animated VTuber, this is completely other thing. And I don't think like those people who are just being tracked by the cameras will suddenly buy a headset plus put the lip tracking system on it and exactly. start doing this VTuber. So it's two separate things. And I don't think HTC is like releasing this piece of hardware saying like, okay, Japanese VTubers. No, no, this now, is it's your turn. It's your turn now. <laughs> Finally, they should, they should have they should have an answer to Oculus. Like, no, 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 it's not your turn. It's for Japanese the v VTubers. for the Japanese VTubers. No, no, no. But, but. 
Um, right now, I would like to ask into the chat, who in the chat thinks that HTC actually can pull something off, which makes sense, <laughs> for, for the standalone headset? Please say yes. If you think they will not be able to pull up, pull off something that makes sense, please say no, just to get a general idea. And unfortunately today, I didn't have time to make up the poll, so we just have to do it a bit like this. Say yes, if you think, yes, uh, HTC can pull something off with a standalone headset in the future. Say no, if you think, no, no, they have proven in the I past start, I start, that they can I start this stuff, I'll say yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Cool, I'm, cool. I'm typing it right now. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's hope, let's hope. Yeah, here you are. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's see what what people will say to that. Very exciting topic. So the the market 50/50 says Dr. Dodi. <laughs> but you see it's like it's proving it's proving us that people do care about this stuff still. Yeah, and of course. We want them to succeed. That's the only hope of HTC right now. Like they still are in the game because people are willing to support them. And they should not abandon this support. Like they should praise that, and yeah. they should they should really um, be be um, humble about this. They, they should really understand that there is a core community which waits for them to succeed. So I don't know what's you know if if there is not enough money. Like if HTC would just raise hand and like go to the markets and try to raise another you know round of capital, I think they would get it. Uh, maybe partnering with some other company could be also an, an option. Uh, or bring their own expertise and doing some hybrid uh, headset with Samsung. I don't know. You know, it's possible because they also have a lot of patents. So if they have, if they bring their patents on the table and expertise, and Samsung brings their uh, their hardware team and says, "Hey, let's do that." So I mean, if 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 HP can do partnership with Valve, I believe uh, Samsung can do partnership with HTC. Like it's possible. It's doable. It's just the will of the companies and management. Um, so yeah, let's hope. Let's hope for the best. And our chat is kind of like 50-50. Some people say yes, some people say no, and some people say 50-50. <laughs> it is pretty 50-50 here. Let's hope it. But you're right. I do believe that there's lot of, lots of goodwill, you know? Like, they have yeah. not, like, spent all their credit yet. And I believe they could be successful. Let's just hope that it's going to happen. Yes, and Sean B is live on MRTV. Yes, woohoo, Sean! I even called you out. Isn't <laughs> that an amazing feeling? <laughs> all, right, all right. So now let's go to the next topic here, and it is all about the Apple VR AR headset that is supposedly going to come out next year, 2022. In the beginning of this year, we talked about some reports from the information and from others, from Bloomberg, who said, okay, 2022 is going to happen. It's going to be a VR headset with lots of cameras, with like 12 cameras, which will do perfect pass-through, that you have all these AR functionality, that you can use AR apps just as good as with the HoloLens 2, probably even better, 8K displays, blah, blah, everything amazing. But these reports said the device would be like a very, very high-priced $3,000 device. Now we have another report, and we're going to have a look at this report together here right now. And this report is from Ming-Chi Guo. And Ming-Chi Guo is an analyst, a supply chain analyst, who often does these kind of reports. And they have been accurate for the Apple devices very, very often. So if he comes up with some kind of report, it is to be taken serious. And this report says it is going to come out in 2022 and it's not going to cost $3,000. It's going to cost $1,000. And that is actually a, a big 
game changer as compared to the $3,000 um, prize, right? And Mingti Guo says that this device, the final product will be around 100 to 200 grams, which is crazy. The Quest 2 is about 500 grams, right? And also, it's going to have Sony micro OLED displays, which is, of course, great. It means great blacks, great colors. It is going to run independent of an iPhone, so it's a complete standalone headset. And, well, probably better than any other VR headset on the market right now. And probably it's going to have video-related applications, like, for example, Apple TV+, Plus. you can watch their Apple Arcade playing Apple Arcade games. And something that I simply throw out there is, like, um, sports games that you can see there because Apple bought NextVR, which is this company that did this kind of live broadcast of uh, football games, uh, boxing, and so on and so forth. So $1,000 as compared to $3,000, that would be probably a game changer and probably lots of people would pick this up. What do you think, Gary? Um, is this uh, a big difference as compared to the $3,000 device? Of course, yeah, it's two thousand dollars. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. It's kind of I, obvious. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I'd say that as well that before we we spoke about it on this on this show, Sebastian, yeah. as well when they were talking about the three thousand dollar thing. And to me, I always felt like no matter what kind of product that was, it was always beyond the means of of most people anyway. And it, they were focusing on this sort of this Mac Pro kind of. Uh, market where they don't really sell that many of them they're very niche kind of things and it honestly to me <laughs> even it didn't make sense then and it still wouldn't now if it was three thousand dollars a thousand dollars is probably uh makes a lot more sense to me and the other thing i don't know if you're going to get onto this later sebastian about the ar uh headset thing the the 2025 that's been sort of pushed back to 2025 right. yeah right um because the other thing that didn't make sense to me when we first heard about this VR headset is that the original rumors were that a year later, so this VR headset was going to be released in 2022, and then a year later we would have AR glasses in 2023. And that something didn't make sense. I mentioned on the show before that we're missing a piece of the jigsaw with regards to that. That didn't make any sense to me at all. And this makes a lot more sense, this kind of strategy, because... Most people will say, like, I, I listen to a lot of AR podcasts. So I read a lot of AR stuff as well. I'm no expert on any of this stuff, let's be honest. Who, who the hell am I? But I, I read a lot about it. And most people were telling me, who are more informed than I am, that this technology just isn't around at the moment to do that, where they could release a product at a reasonable price, a consumer product in 2023. <laughs> That's what didn't make sense. So... To me, this makes a lot more sense. Thousand dollars makes sense. I I like the I'm idea. Going of to it. buy it. Yeah. Uh, again, is my wife listening or watching? <laughs> oh, I no. hope not. But uh, yeah, it's, it's so, you're totally more, not going to buy it. It's a lot more on the cards now than it would have been for three thousand. I certainly wouldn't for three thousand. A thousand, I'd see what it is. Um, but yeah, my my main point is that I. I think this makes a lot more sense. All these rumors that are coming out just make a lot more sense to me now. And uh, it's interesting. I'm glad that Apple are making serious moves in this direction if rumors are to be believed. Absolutely. So, okay. um, Arthur, rent, tell us, rent, tell us, tell us about time. Sorry, I have to rent. Like, we're talking yeah. about Apple, VR, and AR. So, rent time. so, I have a lot of respect for the mean T quo uh, guy or girl uh, regarding guy. the analysis. But, like, let's face it, who in their peace of mind believed 
that Apple would release a consumer product in as a headset for three thousand dollars. That just aren't gonna happen. Like this, this is like it's even for Apple, which can release high-end products for a lot of money. That just ain't gonna happen. So that's one thing. Uh, the second thing, which you just read, uh, Sebastian, about the um, the all the specs of the headset. To me, it sounds like an AR headset, not a VR headset, because you cannot just like if you analyze what Apple is doing in the past two years, they put all those you know lidars on their in their devices. They are letting people to map, and they are investing heavily sure. in AR ecosystem. They're growing those developers um, to to grow this AR ecosystem apps, and right. then they do absolutely nothing nothing on the hardware side nothing on the software side for a vr experience so thinking yeah, that they suddenly pass- will come no no this, this is a, this is a pass through vr headset so it's a vr headset but actually it does all the it ar won't things be vr headset it, it like it's just like i don't even think they would call it vr headset it would be an enhanced ar headset with some like think about unreal but on steroids from apple so i think that that's what we are going to see I okay. just don't see that they are going to introduce any kind of uh, VR um, like games or something. They, it would be oh. probably AR headset, and I think it makes so much sense for them to go into this, uh, you know, uh, headset with accompanying functionalities for their phones. So they want to sell more phones, but they also want to sell more devices. And you know, having cool, sleek glasses. And why glasses? Because Apple is a fashion brand. It's not about like they're fashion first, tech, tech second, and that's exactly where glasses are coming in. Like you can sell like all those different frames and all of the different cool stuff, and you know you can make you can make tons of money uh, on that. And again, if you combine this plus their 3D audio stuff, and I'm not an Apple user at all, but like if you combine what they do with the 3D audio in their headphones plus the uh, the uh, the lidars plus the possible AR headset. Then I can see them succeeding in this. I can see it being useful for people to wear on the streets, seeing you know seamless information about the surrounding, seeing some other people walking by with those headsets, and you know uh, maybe if they're loud, seeing their names or some information about that, or maybe in the events and stuff. So that could be very useful. But I absolutely don't think that we'll see a consumer-ready VR headset from Apple anytime. In the next like two to three years, uh, maybe even even further. <laughs> I just think so. Go go ahead, Sebastian. Yeah, but, yeah you've not but, spoken. But now the thing is that Apple only will release hardware that is absolutely perfect. And if this is not a VR headset, if if it is indeed like an AR headset, like for example something like an Unreal, something that looks sleek, right? The Unreal also looks sleek. It also has this Sony OLED displays actually, but it is, it's kind of limited with the um, field of view, for example, and with the whole usability. But that's so, where R&D comes, right, from Apple. That's why a- Apple is Apple. Yeah, Apple can do R&D, right? But, but um, if well, there's so many reports now, and they all seem to say it's a VR headset because, in my opinion, it makes sense. <laughs> in my opinion, it makes sense because VR headset, they can make a really great um, user experience now. Like... The Quest, it's it's a great headset. It's cool, and Apple can make a cool but where VR headset. The, what, what are people going to play if they release to, uh, next year or this year VR headset? What are what are we going to play? Yeah, so, on that VR headset. So um, 
The thing is, this VR headset, I'm not sure if you probably didn't get this point, this is an AR headset, so it does pass through. So it basically, it is. it does all the AR stuff, it, it has all the cameras, but instead sure. of... But it, so so in the in the display you see your real world. It's just pass through, and all these apps that are now being done with AR Kit for the iPad, they are going to work on that VR headset that does perfect pass through. But that's that, the point. I, that, but then I think it's I think that's then an AR headset to me. Like it's it's just you yeah. know I yeah they. Yeah, they might not call it a VR headset anyway. <laughs> right. I, I mean, six months ago, I'd be, I'd be completely. I was with you all the way. I was saying Apple will never ever do anything VR. It doesn't make sense for Apple to do VR. AR makes sense for Apple, and that's right. what I was saying. But I'm trying to reconcile all of these rumors and reports that are coming out from legitimate sources as well. So I'm trying to think. How does this work? How does this play in with what we know about Apple? Apple's products. The, the kind of market Apple go for, which is purely consumer, really, and then all of these rumors as well. It, it's it's a confusing time, I'll be honest, because I still, at the back of my head, don't believe VR makes sense for Apple. And you're right, I don't think they'll call it a VR headset. It will right, be, right. it will have VR capabilities, but I think primarily it will have this pass-through. Exactly. Uh, and again, I'll go back to what I said a few weeks ago. It's normalizing the technology at this point. This is how I'm trying to reconcile all of these rumors that are coming out. It's an attempt for Apple to get some kind of product out there in the near future because the technology to do what they really want to do is not, they, it doesn't exist at the moment. That's the point. And, and that's the thing. They, they can't yet do what they want to do, which is what you're describing, sleek, Glasses. That is that is the product they want. <laughs> that is the product that makes sense for them. But they can't do it at the moment. By all accounts, they can't do it. Nobody, nobody seems to think that they they are capable of releasing a product that we all want within the next year or two. It's got to be further out than that. Um, I'm just trying to reconcile all the rumors yeah. and get it all, all right in my head as well. To be honest, it makes sense. So so what they're doing with that VR device, which does pass through, they are mimicking this future device, which is a AR headset, which has all these apps. And it makes sense because with the current technology, they can do a nice VR headset that does perfect pass-through with all these cameras, which has all these apps. And then, um, according to this article in 2025, they're going to come up with that other headset, with this real AR headset. And then they will already have all the apps there since the developers can work on this current VR AR thing. So yeah, I think it makes sense. I, Artur. I ran time again. I mean, honestly, I see in real, I see what they are doing, and I've seen a lot of videos, including your videos, uh, Sebastian, about in real. Yeah. And 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 this is today, and that's the way to go. Like you can connect your your AR headset and have many phone experiences because they can't just go and reinvent the platform from you know from inside out so it has to be compatible to existing ecosystem of ios like it just has yeah. to work with that and there's no way around it and if that will work with that then i will, totally I believe i totally yeah. believe that they can come up with a better much uh slicker and nicer and functional version of unreal uh, compatible with iphones and it will totally make me buy an iphone because i would want to use that headset if it worked properly i hate saying that but it's true so like you know having the path through to me it's like either you do vr or you do ar 
because if you try to do both at once, you would fail significantly at both things because it's just like you're trying to like why would you do full path through if you still can see with your eyes um rather than just putting objects on top like you know yeah, because, is doing yeah, because you don't have the because you don't have the technology that's the point you don't have this this wide fov technology if you only do ar so that's why with this vr headset you can have a much wider fov and if you have great pass through it can be very magical Okay, tell, name me name me top three name me top three um, experiences you would use on a fully path through. So you block your eye vision with the headset, and you have full uh, path through one to one, which is kind of hard to do. That it feels natural, but okay, they, I, I believe they can Let's do see, it. They could do they it. Can, they can do it. But okay, name me top three experiences which people will use uh, to you know by putting the headset on the face, blocking their vision, and then seeing the same world but yeah, through the headset. But top blocking, three experiences. Blocking their vision. It's not blocking their vision because if the headset is as we think, then right. they can see there. They they can see everything. Okay, but what what are the top three experiences Could be, you think people would use? He Could, wants me to say Pokemon. Po yeah, <laughs> like for example, po Pokemon would be like the one number one. So you Pokemon. think people will walk in the street with? Those yeah, why headsets? not? Yeah, sure. It's Apple. Uh, it's, if if they I, if one company can make a headset that people will want to wear. As a status symbol, or what? Then it's going to be the Apple thing. Probably it you're, is going to be. The... You're talking about. Yeah, I mean, as much as I believe in the crazy future, and I'm like trying to build it, but you're talking about like Tron style thing. People walking in cities this year, or like maybe beginning. I don't. Yeah, I, not going to happen. Not, I don't agree I don't with think that. It's gonna happen. I don't I just... think these, 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 this device that Apple is rumored to be bringing out next year. I don't. I don't think that's something that we'll see people walking around in the street with at all. I think it will be used for. To me, what I think it will be used for is at home, like the Quest, but if Could it's be, got yeah. this pass-through capability, you'll sit down on your sofa, it will be able to project a TV or whatever you want or a screen or do various little things, Mo little mobile games even, mobile like AR games within your living room. And what about social aspect? You block yourself from your from your family. Like, even if, like, you know, I, I have VR headset on my face. Like, Not if you have a great social uh, pass-through. If you have pass-through, then I could still interact with So, yeah, with so we will be, so imagine, we will be putting the headsets on our faces yes. with our family to block ourselves <laughs> from the reality and then pass through the reality to see together some stuff. Yeah. It, it, Probably one day it will happen, but this day yeah. is not this year. Like it, it will uh, it next won't year. happen. And it's not Apple who is doing it because Apple who knows? will be all about social things, you know, like all about those frames on the glasses, which you can change, all about those 3D spatial audio, which you connect to your, uh, you know, uh, pro headphones. And, and then you will have this all beautiful experience where you could take it to, you, to your, you know, with you because you connect it with the lightning cable uh, because they want to sell more of, more of those. Uh, to your phone and it immediately puts up all the information right in front of your eyes and apple you know apple car will just project on your eyes but that is to me a hundred percent ar headset with maybe slight capability if you suddenly want to watch a movie it will go darker and that technology exists and it go, goes dark and you can watch a more stereoscopic video uh, of the of your favorite movie from apple tv that i believe could come out but yeah but this 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 device could do exactly this because yeah, it is, is a VR like, headset. What, right? you're what you're telling me, like lots of cameras at the thousand dollars. I, I think the thousand dollars is a perfect price for a sleek glasses like Unreal, but much slicker and, and more. But those are glasses, which is a accompanying thing to the phone. It won't be this crazy Tron thing, which you connect, you know, with, 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 with I don't think that will be full headset with full FOV. I just I think don't it think will this be. will exist. No. 
Well, no, no, I, I, I wouldn't have believed that either. And I probably, you know, you, you're making a point. I, I, I agree with a lot of your points. And these are the points that I've mentioned as well before. It's just that when you try to reconcile these rumours, they're doing this out of necessity. Unless these rumours are completely false, okay, if we can take take that aside, if we can say that these rumours are partially true at least, then you've got to try and think about, I mean, to me, I'm trying to think about reconciling these rumours with Apple's, what I see Apple's ultimate plans as being. And they're doing this VR, AR pass-through kind of thing out of necessity. If they're doing it at all, they're doing it out of necessity because they can't do what they want to do at the moment. I, yeah, I think I the rumours are right. But the name is wrong. I think the guy is talking about AR headset, thinking that he's talking about a VR headset, and probably <laughs> I, if, I think know, he knows I, I, the I, difference. I, I, no, I'm not. I'm not saying he doesn't know the difference. Okay. I'm just saying that the the rumors are coming about something, and 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 he's analyzing it and saying, okay, it's a thousand dollars. It has all those displays, which we confirm that are displays which Unreal is also you know uh, using. So. To me, it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't believe that Apple will cut you off the reality in 2021 nor in 2022. They don't have guts and uh, other uh, parts of bodies to actually do that. Um, <laughs> and they are not the brand who will actually pioneer this. Like Mark can do this because he's crazy enough to actually, you know, invest billions in it. Apple, Apple will polish things, right? You, exactly as you said, and they want their ecosystem to work and lighters and uh, 3D audio. That's exactly what is needed for AR, for great AR. Um, so I think it's I, I it's just my I'm not an Apple user by the way I I don't use Apple devices but if they would come up with AR glasses which work perfectly with iPhone oh my God I'll be the first one uh, buying Apple iPhone and Apple glasses like so truth it's so so truth. yeah so I what if too. they so what if they don't come out with this what you what you're thinking but what if they come out with a thousand dollar headset that is a VR headset like like the Quest which does pass through. But what I think it's probably going to do, will you buy it or not? No games, no ecosystem, no content. Like, will it be SteamVR compatible? Oh, hell no. So, like, what will Apple show us in this VR headset? Yeah, Nothing. just exactly this, the same th things that you believe this Unreal thing could do. Exactly the yeah, same stuff. Wait, so Unreal is doing AR headset with, with you know, an accompanying, accompanying uh, apps from Android, for example. Right, right. With that... But if it's not a VR headset, so they no, no. not doing a it's VR. AR. Headset. So it's AR. It's AR so if, stuff. If if Apple comes up with Quest, they probably have ten apps. Uh, no, it, no, I don't. No, I don't think so. I don't agree. I, what I believe that all the apps, all the AR kit apps that are now working on the iPod, no, 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 on the iPad, <laughs> <laughs> on the on the on Walkman, the on the Sony Walkman, yeah, all the right. all the apps, uh, they are, will be compatible. Because th it makes sense, right? You have all the apps that are now ARKit, iPad apps, they could work on that device. And they will have their own store and everything, and um, oh, it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> of course. Uh, look, I mean, uh, we, we can bet a thousand Dogecoins and, and, and see and see who's right. Uh, <laughs> oh, we, can, we can rewatch this. We can rewatch this in two years' time. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and then we'll... Look, I... I would say one thing. I'd love to be wrong, and I'd love them to come up with a killer VR headset, which would, you know, they would secretly work and would would kill everybody, and we would be just sitting there and saying like, how did we not see this ecosystem and hundreds of games coming in VR? We are right, just right. so stupid. I would love that to happen. I just don't believe this is happening, and, okay. and uh, no at problem. least this year, like or next year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, it's going to be next year. Anyways, I'm I'm going to um, wrap this whole podcast under your nose, um, Artur. <laughs> Once it is really this AR VR.
VR headset. Please, please do so. I'll be like all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Very nice. Very nice discussion today. I love it. All right. And now we we basically we have already talked about our main topics for today. So now. Now it's time to talk about Somnium Space. So, Arthur, for all the people who have never heard of Somnium Space, please do tell them what is Somnium Space. Right, as if I didn't talk enough uh, today. But uh, <laughs> uh, So, look, Somnium is a social VR platform um, which is built on top of a decentralized um, uh, blockchain network, Ethereum, um, allowing you to to truly own items which you have inside Sony, which you buy, sell, create, and have full control over, over whom, how, and when uh, you sell those things. So I've been in, I've been in uh, virtual worlds since 1999. And one thing I've seen over and over again, whether it's Ultima Online, whether it's Second Life, whether it's you know, World of Warcraft or anything, there is always one big problem is the single point of failure and that's centralization like this economical centralization where companies when they grow fast and they grow to a certain extent they start to make bad decisions whether they want it or not i'm not saying it's on purpose i'm just saying it's happening and you know that that really cuts the growth and when you know when i was starting somnium i thought like what is how can i make sure that somnium has a functional world and economy for you know 50, 100 years ahead, um, and it can it can sustainably work uh, without Somnium being responsible and um, you know for every single decision of of that. And the only way how to do that is you know through the decentralized economy. And the only way how you can do decentralized economy today with the technology which is available today to humanity is blockchain. Forget about all those Bitcoin and prices and Dogecoin things. Like blockchain is not about that. Blockchain is about decentralization of information and that's the most decentralized database you can have. Like this is about verification of your ownership. This is about verification of what you own, what you have created. And that is the most important part of it. Okay. All the rest is, is, is kind of like a, a bonus noise. Let's call it a bonus noise. Um, so. And that's why we are based on Ethereum blockchain and we will support more blockchains this year because um, we are a platform in the end of the day. So we want users to use the blockchain of choice they want. Right now, Ethereum is the most and the most perfectly decentralized system humanity have ever came up with. Okay, it's I, not sorry, sorry. I have to step on the brakes here. <laughs> so in Somnium space, you can own things. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it, it, you know, it's a social, it's a social VR experience where, like, if you imagine VR chat, uh, you can go in Somnium, have a full body avatar, you can, you know, have fun and go to discos and uh, talk to people and explore amazing galleries, right. creations, whatever people create. So that all is great. Okay, let's um, really like let's do go step for step, step by step. We're going to get to all that blockchain blockchain stuff for sure. So. Somnium, Insomnium, you can go inside Somnium. It's uh, on uh, Steam VR. Everybody can download it right now. And then they can get an avatar. It's like a social VR world. And in that social VR world, there are people. <laughs> and you can meet them. You can talk with them. You can see what they've created. So you can create Insomnium. And what I can remember from our talks before, 
you always told me that's uh, that's a big difference as compared to other social worlds like um, Rec Room or VR Chat is that it's persistent, right? It's like one yeah. world. Correct. It's uh, this is I think a very interesting factor. So I can say. Um, uh, um, Let's meet at the market square at 3 p.m. And there's only one market square and we're going to meet there and it's just like the real world. Whereas in other, in other social worlds, if you say, okay, you're going to meet there and there, there might be different instances of the same world and, uh, well, you might not really meet. But Insomnium, it's really like one persistent world, right? Is it, did I get that correct? Correct. So this is one of the aspects. This is one of the differences. Um, we are one persistent world, so we don't have any, uh, like if you go inside someone, it's a huge world and you can see far away and we, you know, we've optimized it to make sure that you have like the draw distance is huge and like you could see a mountain three kilometers away and it's a real mountain. Like it's not a texture or a fake thing to pretend that's a mountain, like in your steam VR home, beautiful environment. But you know that all the rest there, it's fake. Like, it's always killed me. Like, I wanted to explore those beautiful buildings in the distance. I wanted to go in, like, Microsoft Home, uh, um, you know, mixed reality home thing and go beyond the small area of my house, right? But it's never possible. So that, you know, that's how you imagine something. Like, you you, you appear and you see all that huge environment uh, around you. And you can actually go and explore. And if you have HP Reverb G2 with a really high resolution, you could probably spot some people on the top of the mountain climbing it and maybe flying out of it. So that is the persistence. That is where you feel that you are in a huge space. And of course, you That's see cool. kilometers and kilometers away buildings built by people and you can go and explore them and they're all there and you can, you know, they, 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 you, you can just visit them. So that's what we call a persistent uh, VR world. And it, of course, it brings a lot of challenges like, you know, scaling and, and server architecture. And we all work on that and we polish it all the time. But, you know, uh, in the end of the day, that's, that's the true experience, which we believe is, um, is important. Because as you said, if I want to meet you next to that tree, I want to meet you next to the tree. And I don't want to, like, we can make it, in a way that if we are friends in Somnium, then we, as the system, we recognize that we should put, we should be put into one instance of 35 people. No, 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 no. That's not the Ready Player One we all imagine. It has to be like you, you, you. Ideally, you would meet like another 500 people on the way to that tree, uh, and maybe you will never get to that tree because another 400 people will tell you that there is a disco happening on the right side, and you will forget about your friend and you will go to that disco. That's another story. Uh, but I'm saying that this is this is one of the things which we are. Um, really uh, progressing with and we will be pushing it and we're pushing it right now but there is much more to that right this is th th there is much more to just being able to persistently meet people but it's also about the ownership and I will of course tell yeah. it it's not about we, the we, money it's about verification and ownership and that's very important we're going to get to that once we uh, we're going to go step by step because I really believe we have to get slowly to that whole blockchain thing because it's it's it's, it's a tough topic it's very new so yeah so one persistent world but how many people could be in that because I, I simply believe it's just a huge challenge right if you don't just um can Enormous. start a new instance uh, to have the same world and then to have more people uh, so um, how can you make this happen uh, how many people could be at somnium at the same time for example now and how can you scale this up how does it work with one instance for all yeah so right right now um this year, we believe we'll get to about 2,000 people in the same instance. So a capability of having you know, fully functional 2,000 people at the same instance. Uh, 
we're constantly growing this tag. And of course, like, look, if 2000 people log in the same instance, and if we reach a limit, if suddenly we have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people influxing to Somnium, temporarily, we will spawn instances. The difference will be that our instances will be 10 times bigger or 20 times bigger than your normal instances you're used to maybe in some other experiences. So okay. that's one thing. Um, another thing is, um, it is a huge, it is a huge challenge. So we are working on it on a technological side in terms of our our server and our architecture and stuff. But also we are working on it through the uh, game mechanics things, right? Um, because we've introduced some new worlds, uh, which is an ability to to create worlds inside the worlds and go inside them and like load a new instance completely. Like you're going to a different world, not even a somnium based reality, how we call it. So that will offload things and people will be constantly like. There will be some events where, um, where there is uh, like New Year's Eve or concert, right? Where there will be a huge concentration of crowd in one place, and that's where we would introduce dynamically those instances. We'll have to, because but those instances will be huge. You will not see twenty-five people like, for example, you saw in a Fortnite show um, uh, where they had this concert and. 2.5 million people saw it, or maybe 25 million people, I don't remember, huge number, uh, but they all seen those another 20 people. They've never okay. seen more than 20 people. So you would see in Somnium 600, 700 people, 1,000 people, uh, okay. which would, in VR, it would have, like, look, if you have, like, we had, what, uh, 70 people at, at some point in Somnium, it feels huge. Like, it, it is already a huge crowd. Imagine this times 10, you would be, uh, it would feel like a real concert, right? So, okay. Uh, it's 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 a journey. Uh, it's a technological journey, but we would try to stay ahead of uh, of, of 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 that as much as we can. Um, and there is always a solution if something suddenly scales up quickly. We are ready to spawn another instance um, and just make a smart game mechanic decision so that you always will find your friends uh, and things like okay. that. So this is possible. I got it. And now tell me a bit more about creating. So people can create things and then there is an economy and you can sell things to other people, right? Or how does it work? Yeah, so that goes back to, to, to uh, exactly to what I said. So people, because of the existence of blockchain technology in general, people own all the tokens of all the things they use in Somnium, be it an avatar, for example, um, if they choose so. They can upload for free Somnium, you know, through our Somnium SDK, any avatar. Somnium is free. Like you can go there anytime. You don't need to pay. You can socialize, play some games and stuff like that. The the component of economy comes in where you decide to put your avatar, which you've created on a blockchain and then sell it to someone else. Now, why would someone else value that avatar uh, more than a normal avatar? Just because it has proof of, of, your, of your creation. So, you know, you can verify it on blockchain in a decentralized way. You don't need to have a trusted authority. That authority is the network. You can see that mm -hmm. this is one of one avatar. There's no other copy of that avatar existing. And you know that this is the creator. That's the original creator. And I buy that avatar from him. So that could be verified at any moment of time. But when you buy it from him, you don't need to ask permission of Somnium Space to go and sell it to some other person. You don't need to ask like what the price should be. You can just go and yeah. gift it to someone. You can sell it to someone. You have the full power over your belongings. So that's if you like I example. Think that's I, I always part. say the, the the example I always say, and we had this example. Like there was one user who just started to do some really bad stuff like against terms and conditions and things. And we had to ban the user. So we banned the user and he was not having access to Somnium. 
but he went and sold his stuff on the market and I think he made like five grand profit because he could. Mm-hmm. That's the power and I loved it. I loved it. I, I hated the user, but I loved the fact that he was able to do that. And that's the promise of the centralized economy. Okay, and we're just cool. getting started in this. There's just a, such a huge concept behind it. Okay, let, let's um, try to break this down so that anyone will, will understand it. Let's say for Second Life, for example, there's one company who does Second Life, right? The, the other, like a 2D world when there was no VR yet. And it was also about economy. You could also craft things, make things, and people were like earning... It was amazing. It yeah. was amazing, right. People yeah. were earning money from, from making digital things, whatever backgrounds or, or just things. <laughs> and they could sell it in this second life. However, they sold everything w- within that second life from the company, right? The company yeah. basically was the platform. And if you sold something, then the company would um, keep the tabs on these kind of things and did all the stuff. So if the company goes bankrupt, it means that your business is gone, right? That's that's the point. That's the one point of failure in this old, um, how would I say, centralized way of doing business. Right? That's still everywhere. It's like you, this, you even have to right? take a few steps back. Like, okay. this is an extreme example. What you're what you're saying. And right. Let 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 let's take two steps back. The company of like Linden Labs, the, the company right. behind Second Life, they were having so-called Linden dollars, and Linden dollars had so-called a, a a regulated supply and, and and demand. So they were kind of like regulating the exchange rate, right? And again, you as a user on the platform, you kind of have almost no saying in there, right? You, 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 and again, I loved Second Life. I played so much Second Life, uh, you can't even imagine. But uh, the, 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 the fact is that once they grow more and more, the, the pressure and the, the, every decision has such a big impact on the, on the system that even a small thing, which you seemingly is a small decision, could have an, a, a domino effect on the whole and the whole ecosystem. And that's what is, you know, centralized thing means. So that's what it, when you when you have all the control, like who you ban, what do you allow? Uh, what is the price they are allowed to sell? Whom do, whom they are you allowing them to sell? Can they sell to someone you don't like? Is the price is this? You know, what is the price? So all of these decisions are making an impact. And when you try to decentralization is not done in one click. Like Somnium is not a hundred percent decentralized experience. There is no uh, company in the world which right is one hundred percent decentralized. It doesn't exist today. But it's going to happen, but, right? This is where exactly. we're going. We yeah. are taking those steps today to first decentralize an economy, then decentralize an ownership, then decentralize our server architecture. Because if suddenly I don't know, U.S. government doesn't like us and they say Azure, uh, switch them off, um, that's a problem. Right, you would still like in our case, people would still have their tokens, their collectibles on the blockchain. That's great, but they would not be able to use all of them as intended. Right, that's bad. So our goal as the company to grow to a certain point where we would decentralize our server architecture, where we could run no matter what. We could do this in a, in a semi-decentralized way today. So we could run, um, and we probably will do it. We could run several data centers or in several data centers and cloud companies all over the world. So let's say we would run in US, we'd run in Europe, we'd run in Russia, we'd run in, in China and would have like all the same information circulating all of them. So if US cuts that off, we can still, you know, redirect you to Russian servers and you would still be able to reach that, that your data, but with maybe a little bit worse latency. But in the end of the day, when when 
things like Ethereum or not Ethereum, but when servers will be as decentralized as Ethereum today, it will be beautiful because then you will suddenly have an ability to have the company which operates by itself, so-called, right, right. Uh, with some governance. And that governance could be me as a CEO, or that governance could be me as CEO and a community or completely community. Right. That's a question. Let me, sorry, that's, sorry. That's the sorry. So let me again step on the brake. <laughs> I, I do get it, please but do, please do I, so. I, I believe that lots of people simply cannot follow it. <laughs> yeah. So 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 let's let's do it slowly. So let's say I'm I'm a Somnium user and I, I am right and and um, let's say I can build something. I can I can build my my MRTV headquarter for example. I want to do it also, and um, but I want to I want to make some money. Let's say I I, I would like to build like MRTV marks, digital MRTV marks, for example, right? Like little yeah. like uh, some some fan stuff merchandise that I could sell to other people and uh, and people who, who love the channel, they could go into Somnium, buy that MRTV mark and use it in their uh, in their house or what or whatever. This kind of interesting idea. So for for something like Second Life, I would build it and then there would be a market in Second Life that is run by Linden Labs, by the company that runs it and some people can can buy that. And I would make some money, right? That's how I understand it. Like Linden Labs would work. All this centralized stuff works. So now, how would the same thing work in Somnium space? And why does the blockchain make a difference? Like, uh, like what does it mean? Please try to explain it to people who have never heard of blockchain. Right. So uh, thanks. It's a very easy task. Um, so by the way, by the way, I'm reading comments here and Garrett Blaine says, I can follow it easily. Yeah. You underestimate your community, man. No, no, no. no. I understand. So I understand that Garrett, Garrett Blaine can probably get it. Totally get okay, it. But I want to, I want all the people right, to... Right below this comment, it was like, I can't. I'm lost. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so let's slowly, slowly, slowly. Right. So um, again, when you sell something on Second Life, Second Life creates the market and Second Life dictates you which kind of tools and means you have to use to sell that in the first place. So Second Life could easily disable their marketplace at some certain part. Let's say Second Life hates MRTV mugs or hates could mugs be. in general. Could they happen. just anti-mag, right? <laughs> so they, what they do is they say the section of mag mugs in, in Second Life will be disabled from tomorrow on. Bad luck, people. Whatever you've created is gone. You cannot sell it anymore, right? So that they can do it. In Somnium, it's impossible because you own the token. The token is on Ethereum blockchain. You can trade that token on any decentralized exchange or okay. even peer-to-peer anytime. Okay. So I can't tell you, don't sell your avatar to that person because we just decided so. No, it's your, it's your decision. You can go and sell it for 50 grand if you want to or if there is a buyer and not even ask me. Like, that's it. Like that's the that's the distribution. So that's just one example of that. Right. Uh, I'm not even talking about you know, verification. Like who is the owner? How many of those marks exist? How can you easily verify that? What if the company fails to actually do the proper job to 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 securing it? Like what if someone rips your mug and tries to sell the same one? How do you know that's not the case? Who you complain to? How do you prove it? Things mm. like this are publicly verifiable on the blockchain. Like blockchain is a for many people, it's like a holy uh, 
grail of 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 nightmare because they don't they 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 see so many things about it but it's like it's very easy it's a token it's something digitally you own which you can always look at it and say who created it oh here is the here is the entry in this database and the beauty of it nobody can change the entry in the database like it cannot be changed once we as somnium mint a token and we say this is the parcel this is the somnium parcel or avatar you buy we cannot go backwards and change everything about this token because it's written on the blockchain. It's everybody there. else has a copy of it. Exactly. It is. It's BBC has a really good explanation video about like when you go to the bank um, and you exchange money and you pay someone in the shop, like you go to coffee shop and you buy coffee, and then that shop asks the central thing, the bank, ask, do you have enough money? And that bank can say yes you have and it sends back the information and the coffee owner says oh you do have here is your coffee but what if the bank for whatever reason decides to say no no you don't have even though you have and we had those precedents in the past right where banks just said look it's a crisis we just delete a hundred thousand dollars from each account because we don't have enough money to pay out um in the in ethereum blockchain it doesn't happen because ethereum blockchain asks all the nodes about this information and if 98% of the nodes return, yes, you have enough money, and 2% of the nodes return, no, you don't. Those nodes are excluded because they, everybody looked at them like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so those nodes are excluded from it. So that is the beauty. And those nodes, there's like, I believe, over 100,000 nodes uh, over, over the world. So it's a decentralized system. So it's not like the US government can go and say, okay, now we switch off Ethereum. It doesn't work like that because they're all over the world. So they have to go to each individual node and in each country, and that's not going to happen because countries are, you know, they have their own laws, they have their own rules. They just, it's, it's the, the fact. So that's the power of, it's like, think about it like big, big torrents. You remember torrents? You yes. were downloading movies from it illegally, right? You remember no, those not days? Me, yeah, so, perhaps, yeah. Of no, course. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, of course not. But think about this, like there was a huge war on bit torrents and why bit torrents were so powerful because a lot of users have different copies and you were you were downloading like this bit of information from that right. user and that bit of information from this user. So in the end of the day, you get all the file together and you you can watch the movie the same way. And like they were making wars with BitTorrents and they lost because you can still download movies and things on BitTorrents. They exist because people run their computers and people download it and people have it peer to peer. Whether you want it or not, the only thing they succeeded is that they tried to take down those websites which indexed those BitTorrents from the web, from, from web. But you can go to Tor browser and just and exit, you know, access all those links still, and there is, the technology exists. So it's impossible to take it down. The, the, um, the, the thing that you're describing as well, it's called consensus validation. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's called consensus validation. So it's basically allowing everybody to own everything, every record of every transaction that, that, that goes on. So as you say, everybody can see everybody else's copy of that transaction that, that happened. And if most of them, the consensus is that it's it's a true transaction, then that's what goes into it. Because um, there's a lot of people that, that would say there's security issues and things like that, but that's really... That's one thing that's really not so much of an issue as far as I know about blockchain and stuff like that because of this record. Now, I wonder if you can get onto 
just quickly, I, I, I don't want to spend too long on this because it's a little bit of a tangent, but just like the limitations of blockchain, because you have this record, which is growing all the time. OK, everybody owns a, a portion of this or the, the entire record, basically. The and this record is, is growing all the time and it's it's will eventually cause a problem. This is why the technology is imperfect, at least to my understanding. Do you can you speak? To anything to that right. I mean, if, if we just if we just speak generally, uh, what you're saying is true for some blockchains. You know, there are different blockchains out there, and there, you know, there are. I think the, the only true decentralized one in terms of like the payments is like not payments, but uh, as a blockchain is Bitcoin and Ethereum. And um, yes, but it's also being addressed, um, mm -hmm. right? Those things like Ethereum is transforming to Ethereum 2.0, right? And there are changes being made to not hold all those data all the time. But the, the way how consensus is reached will be slightly different or a lot different. So like, yes, you're right. The gas fees on Ethereum, the the money you pay for a transaction have risen dramatically in the, in the, in the recent uh, like month or half a year, a year because people are using it more and more and more people are willing to pay more to to forever engrave their whatever they are doing onto the blockchain and that's why it's the network has the throughput and the throughput is you know x hundred transactions per second and there is much more demand for that but again ethereum 2.0 is uh, is actually a building on top of that there are so many technical solutions there's like layer twos we can dive deep in the rabbit hole of layer twos where there is a smaller blockchain on top of the bigger blockchain and then that smaller blockchain uh communicates with a special like bridges and nodes and you can always transact and put the those tokens from each other so i what i'm trying to say is like there are solutions mm -hmm. and this will not yeah. be a problem it's just a technological challenge which will be solved as any other technological challenge has been solved in the past mm -hmm. um, right. but right. the true power of this is decentralized approach and then someone said in the chat like Blockchain is the only thing which will, you know, save our ass from from big governments and big powers and companies. That's absolutely true. Like Facebook and Twitter and Google, they probably know what's coming because and, and that's why, like, they will try to monetize hell out of you, uh, of your data um, before the end is there because the decentralized power um, of, of everything would just swarm it like a huge wave and will create new new applications new application of anything and we as the vr world if we want to really exist here and we want to give power to people in terms of you know monetization and economy what's our possibilities to uh to exist we can either go fully centralized and then we'll be fully dependent on anything on 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 our own decisions and mistakes on the decisions of governments around us on, on the or we can go and try to be decentralized in the at least in the economical sense at the first place and then on other senses and hope that our company will exist here for another 200 years which has never been you know almost before because there's always cycles and companies come and they fail and they come and they fail you know there's facebook there will be something else after the facebook and things like this so that's a big paradigm shift of, of what is possible and yeah it's beautiful it's beautiful to see how people understand it and how people use it uh in 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 our insomnium one one thing um just quickly sebastian no you go ahead, go ahead. No. um just to wrap people's heads around this as well, um, one thing I remember seeing, like a diagram that really helped me uh, comprehend like a decentralized system, decentralized economy, is you have, if you imagine yourself as a circle, and then all of these companies on the outside of the circle with arrows pointing out from you towards these companies, 
So basically what that diagram is showing is that you as a person in your digital life online, you create accounts for all of these different companies. You are um, applying to, to them to permission to use their services. Right, yeah. A decentralized diagram operates in the inverse. So you're yes. still in the center. The companies have arrows pointing from them to you. You carry your own sovereign, basically, throughout your digital life. And the companies subscribe to you. You're, you're not subscribing to them anymore. They're subscribing to you. And this is the way. It just helped me sort of comprehend a decentralized uh, economy and, and, you know, digital life, really. That, that, I don't know if that helps anybody out at all. But, uh, <laughs> it's just uh, something that, that really helped me out when I was looking into this uh, a while ago. Yeah, it's a super, super exciting topic. And it's not so easy to understand. We're just at the, at the very beginning out of it. Which is the beauty of it. Which it's, is the, it's, we don't it is, need everybody to yeah, understand yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I understand. It's, it's, it's fantastic that people, you're so people, early. People told me that VR is fraud in 2016 when I was starting Somnium. Like when I was thinking about Somnium in 2017, they said like, VR what? Decentralized what? Right, right. And, and that now they still like, they start to understand like VR, okay. It's something you can put on, their, on your head. And still it's maybe 10% people understand what VR is truly, maybe even less. Uh, and maybe even less than 1% of people understand what blockchain is. Truly, I would say like 10th of 1% understands of what, we are on, what blockchain is. But that's great. Uh, people call things fraud until the moment when they read in the news that uh, the, th the third most expensive art piece in the world is a non-fungible token on blockchain. And they're like, okay. Uh, and then they will call it a bubble. And then they will call it, and some is the bubble. Perhaps there is a bubble in the market. And it's always like this. But true new age applications will arise from those bubbles, from those crushes, because the technology doesn't change. Like when I say to our people, like we, you know, some people ask me, like, what's the price of parcel in Somnium? Oh, that's like $25,000 per parcel and things like this. And I say, who cares if you buy parcel in Somnium for whatever reason and you build something on it and it's useful to you and you can run a business or a club or have some fun there, it doesn't matter to you how much it costs because it has this utility. If it costs $1 or $20,000, it has the same utility. You can build something on it. You can go in VR into it. You can use it. You can monetize it and do some other things with it what you know what you normally wouldn't be able to do. Uh, but because it's unique, because people value those things, because um, there is scarcity involved, because there is you know all, all those economical aspects as well, people do value this thing and rightfully so. It's, 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 yeah, I, not everybody will understand it. That's fine. One day will come when they will have to use it. Like, it's just inevitable. That's for, that's for sure. So it's a very, very interesting thing to look at. But you know what? Let's simply look at how Somnium actually looks like. And that's actually also one thing that I checked out. It was some kind of concert. And I'm going to show that now. And it was actually one of the most impressive things that I did see in VR for a long time. So let me play that now. And Arthur, could you probably tell us what we are seeing here right now? Uh, right. Um, so um, let me know when you start playing it. it. It's uh, showing right now. Okay. So the this was the concert we've organized um, of an Israeli singer, Nina Tab. Um, and again, it was in you know in the persistent zone, and people were were there. And uh, we ran actually several of those concerts in 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 a, in a span of a week. Um, and this was just one of the ways we wanted to celebrate an ending of the uh, cool um, event we had in the summer uh, where there was a, like more than 100 musicians and DJs and stuff 
playing different sets on different parcels at the same time and people were like hanging around in different in different uh, in different places in Somnium. And this concert, yeah, we just spent some time with, with the artists and with our team to build this experience uh, to make it again. You remember like having the microphone able to to talk to this microphone, having those echoes and seeing all those people like you would see fireworks from like three kilometers away in the city center. You would see that concert running there. You would hear it from one kilometer away because, the, you know, the sound waves, how we do it is, you know, you can hear this stuff. So I think that what brings uh, brings the little bit of magic into something. That's why people love it. I mean, we have so much work to do and we are, you know, growing as a team, we're hiring the devs and, and, and we are trying our best. The economy is growing, but already what is today there, it has this magic and that's why me and everybody else who are in Somnium are coming back. They understand the, the, the concept, they understand what is happening there and they value it. It's hard to explain. Look, I, it's like bragging, but it's not bragging. Uh, I love Somnium, obviously. I respect other VR worlds um, a lot. Everybody is doing something of their own, which is great. They are good at some really good good stuff. We just decided that we will. We don't want to. Um, our business model will not be user data. Like never. We don't need that. Like our business model is proved on the blockchain. Like our turnover of the economy is like more than five million dollars within a year. Okay, correlation. And we don't need to mine your data and use your data in order to survive as the company and you know it because you can see it and you can verify how much money Somnium earns because it's transparently on the blockchain so that is I think a very powerful thing as well like the business model of collecting your data is just horrible uh, and, and and this is not sustainable and blockchain will just it will destroy that business model like all the Facebooks and Twitters they're going away at some point the question is when and how fast wow so, very I don't know, I think I'm like saying too much, but it's hard to comprehend. Like you want me to do an impossible thing, Sebastian. You want me to explain the blockchain and <laughs> yeah. NFTs in 10 minutes. Yeah, I know, like, I know. Go and explain it, Arthur. I'm like, yeah, all yeah, right. I know, I know. Where do I start? It's, it's, tough. it's tough to explain. It's, it's really not so simple at all. Not at all. I totally get it. But um, I would be happy if... If the people who are watching this right now and uh, who are going to listen to it actually get an idea, what is the big difference between something like Somnium Space, like a social world which is completely based on blockchain, on this new technology, as compared to something like, for example, Facebook Horizon, which is like super centralized and where it's not about like uh yeah like like an economy that can work out of Facebook, but that is completely centralized with Facebook, right? So if people could at least understand this difference from your world as compared to other social worlds, that would be great. <laughs> uh, it's, I think for many people uh, who are just joining in like and trying it out, it's aesthetics, um, it's the feel of the vibe um, and just how they feel inside the world. So that, that's like the first thing they will see because you know, Somnium is free that you can join. You don't even need to know anything about blockchain to actually enjoy Somnium on a daily basis. Like that's, that's just the fact. Um, okay. but okay. the beauty of it is like you, you start discovering those things and then you discover the economy behind it and you start asking yourself, okay, what is, how do I fit in this economy? Am I a creator? Am I a content creator? Can I, we have tons of content creators who didn't have money to buy anything and then they start selling things and creating things and then suddenly they had some budget they were renting parcels then they were buying them then they were you know they were existing in the economy and that's the future in general that's the future of any social vr world because what like two billion people in the world when we all will be in vr 
people have to have full-time jobs in VR, right? And that economy has to function somehow. And the more you do it centralized way, the more problems you're getting. Mm -hmm. So that's that. That's kind of how I see it evolving uh, in the future. Again, I, think, I didn't answer your question, but well, what can I do? For, for me as well, just uh, to, for me to add to that as well, somebody who is coming into this without knowing anything about the blockchain or anything like that, people like that need to go into this and they can see it for what it is on the surface level is, uh, you know, one uh, another way to communicate, a social way to communicate with people. But the value to me when I first looked into this is the persistence. Okay, so we you, you mentioned this originally, but this is something that's really exciting. I don't know if we sort of glossed over it a little bit, but the actual persistence is cool. is the metaverse. This is one of the coolest things as just somebody that is a VR enthusiast. Um, I'm going to mention my book here. Uh, the memory engine, because basically I have within that book, I have these two worlds. I have a world which is governed by a Facebook kind of company. And then I have an alternate world called Refuge, which is a decentralized world. It's Somnium space, basically, uh, where people can go in and create things and do whatever they want. And it lives on through being a decentralized way. That's, that's how it exists. It, it sounds more fun on, already. <laughs> it works on uh, like just, just volunteers, people that are passionate about that, creating things and stuff like that. I don't get into the economy side of things. Um, but the persistence, the, the 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 reason I talk about that, and why Ready Player One, the same thing. It's all about persistence, having these this huge open universe, really, where everybody is intermingling with one another. And if you're creating something as close to we as we can get to that today, um, then that's fantastic. And I think that's one of the main sort of driving incentives to get just general VR people into this stuff because no other platform, as far as I know, has that at the moment. Um, maybe they do, um, but that, that's, the, that's the sort of the, the VR kind of thing, really, that, that persistence of having this real, true virtual reality. Right. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a very hard task to perfect and it's very hard task to polish uh but as i always say like it's it's worth trying doing so and we are you know we are at the company thankfully getting stronger and we will be pursuing that vision as as much as we can and we will succeed because again technology is not sleeping and also the, the smart game mechanics can can take you a long way and uh, give you this persistence as the user and give you this ready player one feel or actual reality so um, I'm also, I, I want to address something. I'm reading this uh, comments here. Um, and some people were saying like, uh, 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 like the, the, the consumption, power consumption of, of, of blockchains is so huge. And it's like, it reminds me there's discussions about, oh, but to create electricity and create batteries, uh, you have to, you have to use some fossil fuels or things like this. And I always say like, yeah. But to bring your like fuel to your fueling station next to your door, you you burn a lot of things, like much more than that. So like, does blockchain uh, consumes electricity and power? Of course it does. Um, is it is it much less than than other? Uh, you know, everything you do consumes power. Like you plug in your 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 mobile phone consumes power. The 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 uh, LED light, one LED light on your microwave consumes like all of those microwaves in, in, in Germany alone consumes like one uh, coal power plant of power for, for, you know, like one week of running. So 
I'm just saying, like, uh, let's not dive into these things about like, yeah, it consumes power, so it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, it's not worth even pursuing this. Of course, it is worth because like 70% of blockchain tech is running on their renewables. So, anyways, uh, also the there's proof is, of stake, right? So it's not consuming yeah, so much exactly. power. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, pe yeah. people people try to take technology today and extrapolate that into 10 years with the same state of technology, but that doesn't work like that. It never works like that. It's the mistaken, you know, approach. You have to also do the research and development which is coming and which is happening all the time so right if you right. put this in then it's all okay anyone anyways gaming science teacher asked another question is somnium space coming to the quest and i believe lots of that's a great question and lots of people will want to know that because that is actually what people are buying right now right the quest 2 right so um we were working and we are working on oculus quest standalone client Uh, but uh, in the end of um, 2020, we decided to um, to put uh, forward, uh, you know, we're still a smaller team and we're trying to grow. But so, so we decided to, instead of releasing the Quest standalone, we decided to make Somnium Web. So for those who don't know what Somnium Web is, is that every land parcel in Somnium is, is um, accessible from any device, from your mobile phone instantly and with WebXR and you can go in it with Quest. So if you have a Quest, just go to somniumspace.com slash parcel slash any number from one to 5,000, go to 2701, this is my parcel. <laughs> and then you go there, you load it in Oculus browser, and then you just click the VR button and you're in VR in that space, which I built, which exists in a persistent Somnium. It's one to one to persistent Somnium. So that's what we prioritized because we realized that people wanted to share their galleries. People wanted to share their experiences instantly. They wanted to do it in any device. They wanted to click and be there. They wanted to meet there. They wanted to talk there. And Somnium Web is the perfect tool for that. So we see huge usage of Somnium Web for more than like in two months, two and a half months, it's, uh, it has been visited more than 35,000 times and people are using it more and more. So, um, The growth is tremendous and we see great responses. So we put a lot of effort into that as well because it's a great head, you know, gateway to Somnium. Uh, but we do plan to release Somnium standalone client and rather sooner than later. It will depend on how fast we can hire and grow the team. Uh, but it's happening this year. Like it's happening this year and it's a lot of challenges because we need to do this persistent thing and all this kind of stuff. There's a lot of things happening in real time, but uh, it's coming out. Okay, we cool. Just I, I just I just stuff. opened my browser and I just opened Somnium Web, uh, and I just entered parcel three six five six, and here I am. I can look at this right now on the browser. Everybody sees it. I can walk around, and here I could also meet people right now, right? If somebody else would go there right now to this. Yeah, if someone else would. Oh, there's that there's parcel. somebody here. Buki, hi Buki. That's so funny. <laughs> there's somebody right now there. Yeah, you can, you can talk to it. You can even like turn on your camera. He will see your uh, face. Uh, your, your your head becomes a TV, and you will see like uh, your 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 webcam there. Yeah, my webcam is it. now in use. For, don't don't, for... don't scare the person. But, yeah, but, but that's uh, yeah. cool. So so tell yeah, me it's... again. Tell me again the partial number of your parcel. So I'm going to go there right now live. Two seven o one. Two two seven seven o one. Okay. One. Somnium Space Web. Yeah, I really like this concept that you can go there with your browser and here it is. With your mobile phone. With your mobile you phone. phone. Okay, and here, join as guest. I'm clicking now and here I am. I'm on your parcel. Now, that is really cool. So um, let me just walk 
into it. And right that's now. Web, so if you think about it, like you can have a cardboard and a phone and click the VR button, and you will be there. Or you can go with a Quest and have a kind of a more full VR experience um, directly in, in a, you know, in the browser. Um, so that's why we prioritize it over the standalone Quest client yeah, okay, as much it. as it's as much as it's great. But cool. we said, okay, this this is the uh, <laughs> this is really cool. So now I'm looking at some art here, and this is probably crypto art, NFTs. Yeah, right? click, click, click. This is art I own. So click on the item, and then you will see it will open. Oh open wow! The information about it, and that's, that's a blockchain cool. token. That's Creation how you know that's of Somnium token. Space Artur. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. Okay. That is that is really cool. So everybody who who owns a space in Somnium, oh, what is this? This looks cool. I'm I'm in now. Where do I need to go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, that's really easy. Yeah. That is really cool. easy. That is yeah. really easy. So that is cool. So everyone can um, who who owns some parcel or who rents a parcel can build there. You have a builder there right now, and you can build things like this. Correct. And oh, you, this cool. builder is we we designed it in a way that we wanted to keep it easy for like my eight year old son can build there, and he loves doing it. But uh, people who know like software like you know the blender and, and and unity and stuff they feel also at home and because we designed oh the is it you in, gary way. there was a user right now walking around next to me <laughs> no that's not me i'm, okay. I'm stuck somewhere else I Th this parcel is actually being visited quite a lot so we we uh, my parcel has been visited um oh, so cool. the last three weeks like what um almost two and a half thousand times just my parcel that's cool people People click like 500 times on the art at least. Okay, so. everyone who's watching this right now, open a browser and go to somniumspace.com slash parcel slash 2701. And I'm going to share that link now. <laughs> Let's see if that works. Let's see how many hey, are people... Are you showing it on screen or... Yeah, like I'm showing it right now. I'm showing it right now live on my screen. Wait, not now. Let me... Let me just uh, share this here. Let's see. Okay, I'm I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Flash mob. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm coming on my mobile phone, right? <laughs> I'm coming with you as well. Oh, you're standing in front of the 360 yeah, degree. Yeah, exa exactly. I'm I'm standing, I'm standing in front of the there 360. There you are. I'm just about to walk in front yeah, of you. Yeah, oh, that hello. Is cool, <laughs> that is my favorite art. Uh, in, in wow, there's so many people now. No, really, that's so simple that you can simply like give people a URL, and yeah, you can go there. Okay, I'm <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> that's amazing. It's really quick as well to get in. It's quite yeah, really, easy that's cool. And so, and you can transition to VR through the web. Then correct. You can yeah. if you have okay, a VR headset cool. connected, you just click VR button and you are fully in VR. Yeah, yeah. WebXR okay. That is cool. We actually are bringing AR into this play as well, so you'll be able to place your parcel on your table. Oh, so look, there's so many people it. right now. <laughs> Oh, there are That's that is so Hello. funny. Hello oh. there. And actually, be nice to my gallery, please. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, actually, we could talk with them right now if I would activate yeah, my Just my turn microphone, on your microphone, right? And you will be able to talk exactly. Oh, that's so cool. And if I turn on my my webcam, then um, yeah, they could already see me, right? But the exactly. thing is, they would be able to see you. My the thing is that it's oh, so funny. <laughs> There's more and more people going to your parcel right now. I love this it. This is no good for the uh, audio podcast, Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. This is not good for the audio. But it's so fun. People who are, who are listening to the audio podcast right now, they have to watch the the, uh, the, the, the video. The video. There's yeah. so many avatars right now in that place, and there are more and more coming. Oh, that's so funny. 
and I'm ru I'm running it like I'm running it on my mobile phone with yeah. zero legs. And <laughs> it, it, it looks legs. it looks very fluid. Like the frame rate looks totally Look fine. And we can hold we can hold in Sony <laughs> where we can hold hundred people in one instance with voice and, and video. Oh, that's really so, cool. That is really we all, cool. We we all ought to put on our VR headsets right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you can really do wow. a flash mob. Now, now that was really simple, right? To get people into the same VR spot. Th that's, that's why we prioritize this over, okay. over Quest uh, standalone because we, we saw that this is really needed. People want to share their creations instantly. Right. That was oh. very important for, for us to deliver. So we Man, said, you know. That um, is kind of magical. So basically what I could do, I could build my MRTV headquarter, right? I could do a show from my VR headquarter and I could simply share that, that link that Somnium web link yep. with with the with the with the stream, and then yep. they could totally drop by with their browser, exactly. with their mobile phone, exactly. or with their Quest. Yeah. Wow. Okay. On the on their like parcel, it. on their creation. So you could have MRTV headquarters cool. on your parcel and actually uh, host people there and and let them enjoy. Oh, it. Like look! There's there's somebody who has turned on their webcam, and I can see I can see oh, him. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! This is so <laughs> funny. Hello oh, wow. there. Yeah. Hello. Oh my God, this is amazing. So let, I can see, and he has hello there. Yeah, yeah, and he's winking right now. <laughs> so <laughs> he's waving for, for all the people who are wow. now on the audio podcast. This is pretty amazing. You have to look at. You have to look this up. So there's one user. He's standing in front of me right now. He has turned on his webcam and he has a big television now on his head and on in the, on this television. You can see him, his webcam. Oh my god, what an amazing idea is this! I am totally shocked right now how amazing this is. I'm coming. I want to watch. I, I now want to see that person, so I'm coming there. Wait, that person, please don't go anywhere. I'm coming. If okay. we switch on our webcams on here, it will override. We won't be able let's to do it. Let, let's do it. Let's do it. I don't think it will go on Skype then, will it? That's the problem. It I think, will, I think no, it, it won't go on Skype. It's okay. Ah, I see the person. Cool. I, it's but right. my webcam is taken by, by Skype right now. So I yeah, think. yeah. Oh there my God! <laughs> this is amazing. By the way, thank you everyone for coming on my parcel because now you put me in the rankings up, <laughs> and I can brag about it among Somnium community that I have one of the most visited parcels in the um, in, in Somnium. Oh my God! And and for all the people who are watching this right now, this here now this flash mob was in no way planned. It was this yeah, was true, I just yeah. I just tried it now because you said SomniumSpaces.com um, parcel. This was not staged or something this is spontaneous and uh, this is pretty amazing wow thank you guys yeah thank you for coming by the way i mean i i use this gallery this is one main my main gallery which i put my crypto art in so all the blockchain tokens of art pieces i own i put in not all but majority because i have another gallery as well but here what i you know this is my collection this is my visual representation of my blockchain collection and you can verify that i'm the true owner if you click on one of those items it will open your pop-up and if you open it in the browser it takes you to a decentralized exchange where you can verify the token information about this so you can truly see that i'm the owner okay in I a click, decentralized yes. way and that's it like and how much i paid for it you can see everything wow so i'm looking i'm looking at a piece of art right now and i click on it right now and it yep. says extrusion and now I can. Oh, I know. Yeah. I can close and I, I can open in browser and then I can have a, a close to look yeah. at it. Okay. You know what? This is amazing. And I think 
even if nobody understands what we talked about in the last hour with the whole blockchain thing, because I, I believe that still a lot of people don't get it. It's sure. so new. Sure. But this year, what we're looking at right now, that you share a link, you are in this space together with other people. You can walk around. You can have the webcam. You can see that other people, uh, other people's faces walking around. And it's so simple. You can look at this art and you can have this. Come, come here on the balcony. I will show you something. Come here. Like there are two people on the balcony standing like yeah, I'm that's, walking that's I want to sh uh, show you some art balcony? here. I'm standing and watching the art. I go up uh, or what? Where do I go? I'm next to you yeah, now, yeah. Here, here. Go, go, to, go to this ramp and come here. There's okay. an art piece with a landscape. And there that is go. an amazing story because I own this piece. There's uh, one artist. Uh, she actually drew this Somnium landscape. This is Somnium done with acrylic thing. And what came with this blockchain item, so I own the original blockchain, but I also own the... Uh, physical one, so like it's a double, uh, double thing. But it's a Somnium landscape. It's a real Somnium landscape in the mountain in Somnium and the floating island there. Okay, nice. Uh, done by real artists, which is pretty, pretty cool. I love this, <laughs> and I love how all people are now gathered <laughs> yes. around. There's <laughs> so many people coming there now. Oh my god, this is so funny. The first flash mob live here in Somnium space. Uh, this is really great. I mean, really, this is just great that you can simply uh, like like share this URL. And then people are just there. And it, if this also just works like this in, in your quest, it, okay, all right. It does, it, it does exactly. I mean, I run this even on smart TV. So it exactly works like this in a quest. You press the VR button and you are fully in VR. Wow. So, yeah. I need to walk up the ramp now. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and I wish that more people could use that webcam functionality. <laughs> Please, yeah. Click yeah. on the please, please. More people who are watching this right now, please top click. Right, there's a webcam. Activate yeah. your webcam. Please, please click on let's the top right. Let's cross the system. Let's let's we... better test the cross the system. <laughs> we need to log in as well. well, but let's so let's we, do it. I want to see. So we can see everybody's name. That's what we need. Right. Exactly. Wow. I think you have made lots of fans to, in today's show, Arthur, for for this Sonium <laughs> space. At least for my gallery. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's. I'm on it's, I'm truly honored. It's really cool, those oh, pieces of art. Webcam. Wait, wait, wait. I'm coming. I'm coming. Yes, hello. Oh, nice. But nice. These pieces Hands of art metal. absolutely look cool. Right? And I, wow, I need to check this out in VR later. Yeah, those art some of the art pieces are incredible. Oh, like, yeah. There's some people are. who put on the... Who there's put webcam. A, there's more webcam. <laughs> yeah, more webcam. Hello people. there. Yes, yes. Oh, okay, this is here. so cool. Hey, this, you know, Sebastian, this is the way how you can uh, <laughs> meet and actually get to know your, 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 your viewers. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know how people, you know, look, how they watch your videos. Oh, Hello. man. I really love the thing with the webcam. It's, oh, this is cool. It's so cool. Oh, I see someone else. Wait. Hello, sir. Ah, uh, here. Yeah, here. Hello there. <laughs> Don't walk away. Don't walk away. I want to show you. Yeah, I think for people who are listening to this podcast, we're like, what? Yeah, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, just you need to watch the live you have stream. To watch, you have to watch this live stream. Yeah, it's funny. This is incredible. Wow. Yep, let's go back to normal podcast mode. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> really cool. I wonder what the people say who are watching this right now in, in our chat. They must also think it's cool, right? Yeah, I think so. Cool. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So somebody says could not could not log in with a web browser with a created account. I just click on log in as a guest, right? That yeah, is the easiest join as way. Guest, exactly. Join as guest yeah. and then you're there. Wow. Cool. That was really cool. <clears throat> that was really spontaneous. And wow, I, this has so much future. This has so much potential. 
So, and we've already been talking now for such a long time. We've been talking for, oh, we're two hours and 38 minutes. Okay, this, this flew by again. So I can just say for all the people who are listening to this, who are watching this, please try it out. I'm going to leave the link the link to to your parcel Artur. I'm going oh, to yes. I'm going to Even leave more. it down in in the in the in the description of this video yeah. so people can simply check it out by simply clicking on it. They don't even have to download Somnium for Steam VR, but of course they should do it, right? They should try it out themselves. I mean, and, you can go on website and download the client and try it. Uh, again, it's free uh, yeah. You know, if they join our Discord, because that's 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 the place to be. I think. Uh, sorry for a shameless plug. Yeah, uh, you can do it. It's place, fine. Uh, that's the place to be. It's like Discord.gg/somniumspace, and just come there. We have an amazing community, supportive community. Any question, anything you can about the blockchain, about VR, uh, just come in, have a chat with us, and uh, you know, take it from there. Right. Wow, Gary, do you have any more questions for Artur? <laughs> no, not me. The, the, the only thing I would say is if we we got bogged down in the blockchain stuff earlier on and that kind, right. kind of thing, exactly. don't worry about that. Don't worry yeah. about all of that. Just go into Somnium and enjoy it for what it is on a surface <laughs> go level. Go to the web parcels and just have fun. Like Exactly. Once, yeah. It's yeah. like, look at the art and enjoy the art if you like it. Don't, you know, comment some bad things if you don't like it. I mean, just do whatever you like, to be honest. it's it's We are not doing it. We have... We have a growing community, and it's just fun to be together. And actually, I we have a disco night, which is running already for half an hour. So I'm now going to flex some muscles in Somnium, <laughs> um, in, in in VR. But yeah, thanks for 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 having me. It was of super course. fun. It was to, super. It was discuss, super fun to discuss and, Apple. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, right. Like always, <laughs> a big big fun. And Gary, I think what you said is just exactly right. We got totally into this whole blockchain stuff, which might be too far away for lots of people, but just going there, having fun, and just now having this spontaneous meeting by simply clicking on a link, that is really magical. And I think that has so much potential. And Arthur, I wish you all the best for Somnium Space. I think it's going to go amazing places. And yeah, you're always welcome here and tell us more about what is going, what's going on. And for all the people out there, I can just tell you, check out Somnium. I'm going to put the link to Artur's parcel down into the description next of this video. Time, next time, you have to promise me, because uh, to truly understand Somnium, I should have come from within VR. I mean, I can still do it, but like that thing, if people see it, I think they, they will see it. I'm, you know, what you know what? Let's do one thing. Once I have this. Vive facial thing. I bought the Vive facial tracker, right? Yeah. Once I got it, and once you have implemented it on Somnium Space, I'm going to put on that Vive Pro with that facial thing. You hopefully going to help me make an avatar that looks like me, and then we're going to have another. I think it looks so handsome as no, you, but okay. I yeah, I, I didn't. I, I didn't want to say that, <laughs> but if you say it, so. Then once that is happening, we're going to meet in Somnium Space and we're going to have another interview about that, okay? Live. Live. Let's do it live. Okay. I'm looking Challenge forward to accepted. that. It's going to happen. All right. Okay. Thank you so much, Audra, for being here. And Gary, of course, thank you, uh, thank you so much for everyone who watched this and watched and listened to this really long podcast. Really exciting today with that live flash mob in VR, in Somnium Space, just by sharing a link. Again, this was not planned. It was totally spontaneous, and it worked so cool. Wow. I'm still excited about it. Thank Let you so much.
Let me join job, Sebastian. Subscribe, yeah. ring the bell yeah. button, you know, all do all this Patreon <laughs> stuff. Come on, guys, come yeah. on. Yeah, right, right. Thank you for doing that, exactly. So I don't need to say it anymore. But one thing I still have to say, if you enjoy this podcast, please open the podcast app on your iPhone or iPad right now, find the Next Dimension podcast, and do leave us a good review. All right. Five-star five review. That would be amazing. Thank you so much for watching and listening to it. And we're going to see each other next week for the next episode. Until then, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. -bye. bye, -bye.